What is up, everyone? My name is SBJ, and this is a special episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. Before we get to this, let's introduce the roundtable of contestants. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, we have Travis here. You started this by saying, what's up, everybody? But... But this isn't for everybody. This is <laughs> this is for that that special few who who uh, who are willing to uh, chuck in a little change to hear this episode. That's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll get to why why it's been delayed too. Uh, we also have regular old uh, wow. Will here. <laughs> you need to be careful with your wow. words. <laughs> You need to be real careful, with your words, especially since I'm going to see you in less than two weeks. Yeah, and I stay angry for a long time. You hold, yeah, I uh, I get over things real quick. Will not so much. Not at all. Regular and old. That's so brutal. My my uh, my my motto is never forgive and never forget. <laughs> and we have uh, our classic. I forget if I forgive or or not. I don't remember. Well, we have our classic fourth wheel here. We have Micah, the brave. <laughs> Can I just I say how disappointed when... I am that it's not Logan? But whatever, go on. Oh, thanks. Wow! Thanks, <laughs> the daggers are out on this episode. <laughs> Dude, he called us contestants. It's time I, to travel the I weakest hope, I, hope, <laughs> I hope the shade continues throughout the whole episode. I bet when you guys shelled out money to pay for episodes like this, you didn't expect that you'd hear my voice. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't have paid anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So if you're listening to this, you are either a Kickstarter backer that pledged at the $10 or higher level, or you are a Patreon backer that pledges at the $10 or higher level. Now, there's not that many Patreon backers pledging at the $10 or higher level, but originally this episode was... Uh, Kickstarter exclusive, and I figured that we have like 15 people on Patreon that pledge $10 a month, and they've been pledging that for a couple months, so I figured we'd give them access to this episode too. Now, like I said before, this episode what is designed for Kickstarter only. Uh, that's why you guys are hearing this or hopefully listening to it. Hopefully you'll enjoy this, but the reason it was so late was there was a lot of microphone changing. That was... I have no good excuse. I have a lot of little excuses, but it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't really compensate for why it's late. I, I guess I'm sorry. It's late. But to be fair, we're still earlier than most Kickstarters on the delivery. So we have that going for us. I finally got Travis a microphone that I think that they and I are both satisfied with. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I like it. Cool. <laughs> uh, Will has a microphone that is adequate to his voice and micah i didn't give micah anything he bought his own microphone i guess that's why why he's here <laughs> well i'm technically you wheel. didn't give me anything either i did send you a, a, a couple things one thing oh wait that little yeah that that foam yes that foam, okay yeah. yes the foam yeah. yes and, and there will be there will be more upgrades and everything because of the patreon and obviously the kickstarter helped with that the other reason why the episode was so kind of delayed was because I, n- I never knew a strong enough topic to deliver to you guys. Pokemon news comes and goes, and there's a lot of Pokemon news some weeks. There's not enough other weeks. But I didn't want to do like a, oh, let's do a Safari Zone episode. But then it's like that's something we could do for everyone. And I wouldn't want everyone to miss out on something like that. Or let's do like our favorite gym leaders. But again, that's kind of for everyone. 
finding the topic was what took the longest. And I think the topic today, which will take up the entire episode, will be both entertaining and fun for us and fun for you guys. What we're doing, what this episode is about, is before Generation 7 comes out, before we get X amount of new Pokemon, we are going to do a top 10 of R4's top 10 Pokemon smashed together and uh, the show itself is designed around debate and cutting favorite Pokemon out that we like to really form 10 Pokemon that the four of us can agree on. So, so what's going to happen is... What's going to happen is none of mine are going to make it to the actual final top 10 because no one likes any of the Pokemon <laughs> I like. Same. So why don't we just cut to the chase and take Steve and Will's top 10. And then whittle them down. Together. <laughs> we're all going to go around. And we're go- we, have, we have 10 Pokemon each that uh, we've picked prior to the show. So our personal top 10 favorite Pokemon. And mine always changes, I feel. So I wrote, I wrote my top 10 uh, this, pa- this past week, which will, would probably be different if you give me another week to think about it. But we're all going to go around the table and nominate, one, nominate our Pokemon and then kind of explain why we like that Pokemon. Then we're going to have a list of 40 or so Pokemon because... The, out, of, out of the four of us, we might share one or two favorites, so maybe we'll have like 38 Pokemon. And then once that's done, we're going to go roundtable again, and we're going to then pick a Pokemon to eliminate. So there's going to be a list of 40, 10 of, 10 of our, our Pokemon each, and then like let's start with, we maybe start with Micah and say, Micah, out of the 40 you see, which one do you think doesn't belong on the list? And let's say that Travis picks Vanillix. Spoiler, he probably did pick Vanillix. I'm not sure, but... Uh, so, Micah goes, uh, I think Vanillix can cut. I don't think Vanillix is top 10 material. Travis has a chance then to defend and keep it on the list, but then we know in the future that Vanillix has already been, you know, outed once. So at some point, there's going to be... Everyone's going to defend to a point where we're going to have to go around again, and then Will can go... All right, Travis, like, this list is getting thin. I still don't v- think Vanillix is top 10. We're going to cut it. At that point, Travis would have to have a really, really strong argument <laughs> to keep Vanillix from getting cut twice. And somehow, we're going to get it down to 10 Pokemon. I don't know how. Once we get down to 10, we're going to arrange those 10 into a top 10. And that is going to be your episode. <laughs> <laughs> A plus. So I, th- I think that hopefully it will cause some debate, it will cause some laughter, it will bring out some personalities. That's kind of the big thing I wanted to, to grab on is just our personalities and how uh, Mike and I were talking about this before the show of how like after we made our list, we felt like we fit into a certain type of Pokemon personality. And I don't want to spoil what that what that is, but uh, hopefully- I learned a lot about myself writing this list <laughs> that I didn't know before. Yeah, so I think I think this is something we could probably even do after Gen 7 comes out or even with another group of people, whether like this list would be so drastic if Logan was here or if Irene was here or if anyone else was here to add to that or to subtract to that. Like we could probably get rid of a lot of flower Pokemon if we cut Will out right now, but Wait, what what makes you think I have a single flower Pokemon feel, on my list? I feel like you have one flower Pokemon on your the list. The avatar that I'm looking at that is your avatar right now is literally a flower Pokemon. Well, <laughs> I don't think it's a flower Pokemon, so... Oh. 
what we're gonna I, i'm also doing uh, i'm also recording my screen in the google doc because we need to make we need to keep a list so not only that we know what 40 there are but so we can update you what the list is so if you hear a little bit of typing i know that normally in an episode of it's super effective i'm very against like typing or eating or other noises because i want the show to sound as good as possible but in this episode there probably will be a little typing because we are I, I have not seen anyone else's list so i don't know what they actually picked so i do want to like type and have them add it to the list so we have this ultimate list that we can start whittling down because it would be it would be more awkward or more not pleasant to hear if we're trying to recall the two of travis's pokemon um because we didn't write them down uh but yeah that's our intro hopefully you enjoy this i think it's time to get into it does anyone want to start with their first pokemon and we can kind of go round table here or do you guys how just do want... we go around in a circle when we're over the internet yeah i i th well well how about i start <laughs> i start we'll go to travis we'll go to will and then we'll go to micah that's kind of from first so the appearance. Order, the order of how important we are to the show. <laughs> Bingo. Nailed it. Yes, I was going to say. The, I was going to say the order of when we first appeared on the show, but important. <laughs> Six could... of one, half dozen of the other. But the claws are out, so. Our, this episode's already brutal. All right, my first pick to go on this list is Chandelure. I don't know if that's surprising to anyone. I think Chandelure is one of the best Pokemon of Generation 5. Ghost Fire, which is a very unique type, and he's based off a of Chandelier. And now when I see Chandeliers in public spaces, I always accidentally say Chandelure. So that is why I'm nominating <laughs> Chandelure for my first Pokemon on my list. All right, so will it you ever... It also makes sense to me now why you say lure. I was just going to say the same thing. It's like, will you ever pronounce it correctly? <laughs> lure. No, lure. it has two syllables. Lure. 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 There you go. Two syllables. <laughs> lure. Oh, my God. It's happening. <laughs> it's, it's all downhill. Oh. Chandelure. Maybe that is why I say lure, because a chandelier. Top Handler. 10 material right there. All right, Travis, what do you Handler. got? What do you got? So I actually have mine even on my own list ranked 10 to 1. So my number 10, um, I actually had a change of heart in the last few minutes before we started recording this. Previously, this place, this number 10 spot was held by Celebi, but I changed my mind because now my top 10 list got an injection of swag from Honch Crow. Honchcrow. Oh, do I Whoa. have to type when I say them? Uh, you can you can type it in after or before when somebody else is talking. I'm just making the list here. Okay. So the reason I like Honchcrow. Uh, so for all these, I'll give a personal reason and then an attempt at an objective reason. The personal reason for Honchcrow uh, is Generation Four is the generation where my brother and I were quite close. Where my brother and I played together the most. And a running joke grew out of that playthrough where my brother, uh, my brother likes Honchkrow even more than I do, and played through the game, his, his run through of Pearl uh, with uh, Honchkrow, and perpetually said that he was rolling with the haunch, which uh, <laughs> isn't funny, but it also really is funny. I don't know, I laughed um, instantly. <laughs> so... So, so that's the personal reason for it. Um, aesthetically, I also just think it's it's uh, cool. And then for the more uh, for the less personal reason, the design of of sort of like a uh, 
prohibition era gangster in a Pokemon uh, and making that concept into a this sort of elegant crow, I think is a beautiful way to craft that uh, that concept of of that time period and, and that group of people into uh, monster design. And I think that's awesome. So Hunch Crow is my number 10. Awesome. Your, your column too, by the way, in the Google Doc. Okay. Will, what, what do you got for us? So what, what am I going to go with first? I don't want to presume any sort of order of favoritism. Like I did? There are clear, <laughs> yes, you did. You said number 10 was Honchkrow, so we mm-hmm. know that's the first one we, you don't care about. Easy oh. to knock out. You <laughs> well, got to understand mean, strategy, brother. We know the first no, no, no. cut. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, like, it doesn't matter because I wouldn't care about defending that one as much. So, Dang. Let me go with the one that everybody knows is absolutely going to be on my list. Without question, always... For There's all two time. I know are going to be on the list. Don't be so sure. No, so I'm sure. pretty dang sure. Forever. <laughs> but uh, Cinda well, Quill would be uh, an easy add on my list. That was one just of the because two. that's just my favorite starter of all the starters ever. Well, I, maybe that's actually up for debate in my own mind. But seeing as I have multiple voices in my head, they each get to have a favorite. But Cyndaquil is just a very strong one with a number of the voices in my head for its use of my own name in in the Pokemon name and the fact that it's the cutest starter of, well, almost the cutest starter of <laughs> all the starters. All right, we know but, we're cutting Cyndaquil because Will's going back and forth. On yeah. <laughs> but I love it. It's so cute. It's a little fire mouse. And I have, and, and it just... It's cuddly and warm. I've, I've, I know I've gone over this in past episodes of the podcast, but it just Cyndaquil is just such a sweet, nice, warm, friendly little guy that that's absolutely has to be on my list. All right, all right. Do you want to add that, Micah? What do we got? What do we got for your first pick? All right. So when I wrote this list, I didn't write it in any real specific order. I went accidentally by generation and kind of uh-huh. went through each generation and i wanted to pick things that pokemon that i liked from each generation and so i t- <laughs> for those just listening to the audio well, we'll just throw in poop emoji into uh michael's column on our google doc <laughs> off to a great start it's gonna be a seven hour I, I feel i feel well respected and like my like my points are going to be taken into consideration <laughs> this is going really great for me <laughs> So it's my order, I guess, is by generation. Okay. I okay. have a few from each. And I have, I wrote like a paragraph for each of these for why I think that they should be on the list. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go with a personal reason initially. And then when I need to defend them, because I inevitably will, I have more reasons. <laughs> All right. That are specific to these, to these Pokemon. So my first Pokemon is Gengar. The reason for that is because similar to uh, Travis's reason with Honchkrow, my brother and I both started with Generation 1, and we were both really into it, and the Pokemon that we, even over time, have continued to love the most has been Gengar, because he's such a weird and fun Pokemon. He's so straight. Like, but my my initial, my like first memory of Gengar was watching him on the show when they did the episode where they went into the to the mansion 
Ash and Pikachu and the other starter Pokemon went into the mansion and Ghastly Hunter and Gengar just terrorized them. And it was probably one of the most fun episodes, in my opinion, from the Kanto region. I do remember that episode. It was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also the episode where Ash's soul left his body and he almost didn't get back into it. That's oh, yeah. why it was so fun. Uh, my second choice is actually a legendary Pokemon. Oh, my mistake. It is a mythical Pokemon. It will be Jirachi from Generation 4. Look, my favorite Pokemon. I don't even, one of my favorite Pokemon. Three. I don't even know what generation from. Three? I think it's three. It was like this from the Celebi of Generation 3. The Celebi of Generation 3. <laughs> or the Mew of Generation 3 for there you go. a typical way of articulating it. <laughs> or Gen the Victini of Generation of, 5. Then Gen 4 had uh, Manaphy and Fioni. Oh, which... yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not as cool. Uh, yeah, I like Jirachi a lot. I think, to me, Jirachi was never on my radar until I saw Jirachi Wishmaker, one of the Pokemon movies. And just seeing Jirachi in motion and actually know, like, that is the first movie where I noticed Jirachi's eye on his stomach that it opens mm-hmm. and it's kind of creepy but at the same time it's really really cool mostly creepy maybe i have a theme of here of chandelier and jirachi both being kind of creepy pokemon but it, just i love the anime and the aspect of seeing pokemon actually having fluid movement and interacting and how they react in the environment i think that's really cool and that's one of my biggest draws to the anime and jirachi wishmaker made me a huge fan of just jirachi and that pokemon so yeah, that's my second choice. Travis? Since no one else is doing uh, 10 to 1 order, I'll stop doing it and go in a random order. Another Pokemon on my top 10 list is Meowth. That's right. <laughs> I mean, that comes as no surprise to anyone. I think you just said that two weeks ago. That was a really good pun. <laughs> oh, that too. Wow, I missed that. It was really good. Let that, uh, let that joke sink before I go in. Okay. Meowth is great to me personally because when I took the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon 2 Explorers of Time quiz, it told me I was a Meowth because I am sassy. That's when I realized how identical Meowth and I are. We're both little thing, little wimps that can't, that basically can't defend ourselves, but we talk a big game. Uh, <laughs> But I also I also like it uh, separated from the characterization of um, of the anime. I also just uh, think the design of the Pokemon is as the uh, like a lucky cat that I don't know if it is Japanese or, or if generally just East Asian. But I think it has Japanese origins of the lucky cat statues that it's based on. Um, I think that's neat. Um, and then obviously the uh, Meowth as an I don't actually like the Meowth character in the anime as much as a lot of people, uh, as much as I like the Pokemon generally, but I know a lot of people like it, so you're not going to strike it down because you like Meowth. So, do you know the fable of Neko-chan? Uh, no. So it does harken back to Chinese times, but there was a nobleman riding a horse close to a Buddhist temple, and he was stopping to rest under a tree because he saw a storm coming, and he saw a cat at the door of the temple beckoning to him to come forward. 
And as the nobleman entered the temple, lightning struck the tree and it fell where he had been on his horse. So the beckoning cat saved him from certain disaster. And therefore, the beckoning cat is seen as lucky. Sounds like that horse in, died, in, in though. Brief. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that horse, not so much. That horse, not lucky. He uh, rode his horse into the temple. Oh, okay. I see. Okay, all right. Because uh, it wasn't an alpaca. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, Will, what's your, what's your Pokemon? My next Pokemon is going to be Chespin, another wonderful starter that has given me so much happiness. I have a Chespin hat. I played Chespin on Pokemon Y. That was my starter from Pokemon Y. And I actually, throughout playing that game, brought him up to level 100 because I loved him so much. I never let him evolve. So I do have a level 100 named uh, Chespin. Um, and he's absolutely one of my favorite starters because he's so cute and so sassy uh, in the cartoon. Um, and he always falls in love with everybody and they never return his affections. So he's very much like me. Okay. All right. Just been. Uh, Micah, what is your second Pokemon on the list? My second Pokemon is Eevee. Not only because Eevee is super adorable, it's like a little puppy cat that you can hold and it's adorable and it's cute. That's it. That's the only argument. Who I invited the Gen 1er to this debate. <laughs> That's the only two Gen 1 Pokemon. <laughs> it's like the Donald Trump of the American political system now. Wow. Wow. Let's go back to what Let's make Pokemon great again. Let's go back to Gen 1. Yeah. That's not the only reason why. Third like Pokemon. <laughs> Wait. I'm not done. You no, know, you can hold the EV debate when we eliminate it from the list of the yeah, future. Yeah, let's, let's, oh, wow. let's cut our rationale shorter because all these will be argued anyway. Yeah, they're all, right, all going to be argued anyway in a sec. Well, maybe some of them won't be argued. But my third Pokemon is also a Generation 1 Pokemon. Pretty, I think, predictable at this point. Uh, it's going to be Farfetch. I don't know. I don't know the exact reason I like Farfetch at the moment. I never actually knew why. I like, I like bird slash duck pokemon and so farfetch farfetch was the pokemon in generation one that i was actually really upset that i couldn't catch in the wild because i hated the only way you could get it was from that trainer guy who trades you and his name is ducks and i hate when i cannot rename pokemon but <laughs> that's always stuck with me farfetch travis what do you got that's one of two guaranteed gen one pokemon on your list yes i'm going to uh I'm going to do the only, it's strange because I love Gen 5 and I love a lot of the Gen 5 designs, but I'm only, I'm going to do the only Gen 5 Pokemon on my list, uh, which all of you saw coming, which is Vanillux. Uh, Vanillux is great because the main reason is because I loved it instantly just because, because of its aesthetic and cheerfulness when it was announced and I loved that it's ice cream. Um, and then when people started hating it, I got really defensive and loved it even more. All right. All right. Mm -hmm. Good choice. Will, third Pokemon. Uh, my third Pokemon is going to be one of my other all-time favorites. I think it's my favorite mythical. Victini. Love Victini. I would get a tattoo. I will get a tattoo of Victini someday. Um, but I just love the little, you know, fire, luck, victory Pokemon. He assures you're going to win. And I played a Victini deck at U.S. Nationals one year. Uh, so he's just always been good to me. Love my little Victini. There you go. Micah, you're number three. Get ready to hate it. My number three choice, Will, is Celebi, which is not a Gen 1 Pokemon. 
<sighs> and I like Celebi a lot this? because <laughs> I Celebi, like Celebi is a, lot a spring onion. <laughs> it's an it's an onion poke. It's a fairy onion. I love it. I like Celebi a lot because it's uh it, it for some reason when I was younger and getting and really into Pokemon, Mew didn't really appeal to me. So Celebi kind of filled that hole as like the the extra mystery Pokemon that to me was a lot cooler than Mew was. If these two are going to try to take down Celebi, I'll I'll um <laughs> I'll tag team Thank you. with you because Celebi is on my that. honorable mentions list. Honorable. <laughs> I have a list of like seven honorable mentions. <laughs> I don't know what go. that is what supposed is to be. Happening? That's that's, that is, that's the noise Celebi makes. That's Do you think the, I actually watch those movies? That's the noise <laughs> Celebi makes when we cut it from this list. Uh, my oh. next one. <laughs> Is low tad says the guy with low tad <laughs> out of town and out of the Skype call. <laughs> low tad is just. <laughs> I wonder what's gonna be struck first. <laughs> Unforgivable. Low tad is incredible. <laughs> I mean, platypi are cute. No, wait, wait. I need to hear the reason for this. Platypi are legit. I'm not giving you the reason unless we're getting it. Unless we're cutting it. So, Travis, you're number four. <laughs> I see. I see how the strategy is forming. Not, uh, not showing any of your defenses unless you need them. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow suit, and I'm simply going to say Gorgeist, uh, one of three Gen Six Pokemon on my list. All right. Gorgeist is the pumpkin Pokemon for those who had to think uh, about that for a second. Everyone knows because Gorgeist is great. It comes... I'm not going to... I was about to just jump into my defenses because you... <laughs> already triggering. Already yeah. triggering that. Will, you're number, you're number four. So my number four is also obvious to anybody who's known me for a long time and heard me talk about it, but definitely Volcarona has to be on there. That is my all-star firebug. It helps me to hatch eggs quickly. It helps me on any time I do a playthrough. I always make sure that I get a Volcarona up on there. And it helps uh, when you need a third fire Pokemon for your list. <laughs> I need a fire, fire Pokemon. What just happened to Will? <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't know. You guys cut out for a minute there. Oh, you cut out for us. It just said, Brian, you don't need a fire Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Do I was going to have you repeat it and cut and edit <laughs> that, but no, that's so, gold. The Do reason you have is... so many fire-type Pokemon is because you're possessed by a, by a fiend from the underworld who's like, burn, burn it all. The reason you have so many fire Pokemon is because I am straight fire, so whatever. Will is lit. Micah, your fourth Pokemon. All right, number four is Tyranitar, which is a shoe-in for any top ten list, purely because it's pretty much the Godzilla Pokemon. That's it. All right, that's actually a real good defense off the bat. <laughs> uh, my fifth Pokemon is Ducklet. No, no response from anyone. Ducklet's cool, I guess. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I, I no, I used to know a kid at um, League who used to like collect every Ducklet card. He was like obsessed with Ducklet. So, Travis, your number, your your fifth Pokemon. My favorite Pokemon of all time, um, and I don't think anyone's any unless something drastic changes in future gens, which I don't think. Uh, I I bet this will forever be my favorite Pokemon. Nothing will dethrone uh, its beauty and glory. Piloswine. It's not pronounced Piloswine. If you say Piloswine, because Pylos, 
the prefix pilos indicates hairy. So if any of you out there have ever said pillow swine because it's like a pillow because it's soft, you shouldn't. You can just the heat stop in your everything you're doing is rivaling Will's list right now. There's some defense there. Yeah, it seems very icy, doesn't it? Hmm. It's the second of two ice type Pokemon. I mean, Honchkrow is pretty ice because he's straight gangster. <laughs> So. I don't see that connection. But <laughs> all right, all right. I don't see the connection between gangster and ice, but go ahead. Like they ice get cold. The, yeah, ice cold, or they get the ice. Or yeah, but, ice? But no, 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 yeah, well, you got to do what you got to do at times. What what type do you guys think my next uh, Pokemon choice is going to include? Pro- hmm. Probably fire. It's going to okay. be Okay, no, no, Steve said fire, so let's make it Talonflame. <laughs> I love Talonflame. Dang, I didn't see that coming, okay. I have a Talonflame called Vort. I have, like, literally have a Talonflame in every single game I have played since Talonflame came out. Absolutely. Uh, well, I had a talent flame back in Gen 1. I did not. Uh, but I have one called Vortex that is my special baby who I love, and I will take Vortex with me everywhere. Add it to the list. Micah, you're number five. Shedinja. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Strong choice, sir. Strong choice. Shedinja. It's really rad. That's my, that's my argument. All right. Okay. My number six is going to be. Gold Duck. This is the shoeing given. <laughs> this is yeah. This is a given. Everyone knows the story of me wasting my Master Ball in Generation One on Gold Duck. Gold Duck. <laughs> I forgot about that already. <laughs> Gold Duck is just a Pokemon that's kind of stuck with me. I, I really enjoy it. I will probably defend it pretty hard if if the cuts are coming. But uh, Gold Duck is my number six. Next, we're gonna go with the Pokemon that. Turned around my opinion on fairy type, um, not uh, changed my opinion on the necessity of a new type, but made me uh, love the Pokemon that inhabited the new type, Slurpuff. All right. Will, what do you got for number six? Are there any more fire types left for me to choose from? Hmm. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. Zoroark He's can Mr. Learn... Heatmiser. <laughs> no. Zoroark He's Mr. Learn... 103. <laughs> Zoroark can learn flamethrower, so Zoroark is on my list for being awesome. Uh, All right. Okay. We'll get to that. I, 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 I see where you're going with this. Micah, your number, were we on six? Yeah, six. My number six is Garchomp. I hear the size, and the, I'm yeah, ready to fight second, him. You said the second syllable of garbage, kind of strangely. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're such a bro. I've got, I've got my paragraph bro? ready. I've got my paragraph ready. If we're gonna, if we're gonna, if you're gonna bring in garbage Pokemon, Micah, I'm gonna bring in the okay. best. My, <laughs> my number seven is Garbodor. Because <laughs> there's only there's only room in the top ten for one pile of trash, <laughs> and it's gonna be mine. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just stop and start cutting stuff now? No, no. So upset. We have like 15 more Pokemon to add to this disaster. 
Travis, you're up. The only starter on my list, uh, and the second Gen 6 Pokemon on my list, Froakie. Or third. Uh, yep, uh, the la- third and last Gen 6 Pokemon on my list, Froakie. Froakie? I can, I can appreciate that Froakie. choice. I have the no... first water ghost Pokemon? I have Froakie? no horse in this race. <laughs> Will, what's, yeah. your, uh, what's your number six? No, seventh. The, the Pokemon that I most identify with in my heart and soul and spirit. Flabubbers. No. Not on your list? I certainly do not identify with a little floating flower baby as my heart oh. and soul and spirit. No, that That's would be Kyurem. The Ice Dragon. Oh, wow. That went in a different direction. <laughs> there is literally an emoji in our Slack community of Kirim just so I can express my opinion. <laughs> I forgot I made that emoji. So that's why you put a Kirim on everything I say? Yes. <laughs> I've never okay, noticed edgy that. Really quick. Micah, what is your number eight? Seven. Seven. Uh, keeping with Edgelord Pokemon, uh, my <laughs> number seven is Giratina. Nice. And one of very few legendaries on here my number eight is going to be esper i'm a big cat person i feel like out of all the cat pokemon we have i feel esper is the strongest that identifies with me and my love with for cats okay so i was just realizing that um a honchkrow is definitely a cut eventually because i didn't even know how to spell it right hold on (laughs) real good (laughs) Perfect. All right, now that that has been rectified, we're going to go with the second and last Gen 1 Pokemon on my list, and that is uh, the pre-evolution of a Pokemon that's already on this list, Psyduck. Hmm. All right, so here's another Pokemon that I've used in actual competitions, and I have used three times. I have bred or had bred for me three different of these for competitive play, and that would be Hydreigon. We, we have, like, every pseudo legendary dragon on this list micah what do we got let's add another pseudo legendary dragon to this list well this is officially i think the first duplicate and my next pick is chandelure oh okay uh we should do something in the in the why don't you add that to your list and then what i'll do is i'll add uh like a tag to it yeah i have some very intense arguments for chandelure so i feel like well, maybe I have some very intense arguments for Chandelure, too. <laughs> Good. Good. Cool. We have a, we have At least a first, we know uh, one's going to stay. <laughs> we have our first double. That's cool. My turn. My ninth Pokemon on the list is going to be Politoed. Gen 2. I think maybe, maybe my only Generation 2 Pokemon. Uh, I think po- Politoed, I think, was really cool because it's an extended family of the Poly, Poly World line. And I think that's really cool that it has a split evolution. I want. Mo- I would love more Pokemon to have a split evolution, but Palito just is super unique and is actually one of the cooler frog Pokemon in the game. I got nothing against Froakie. I just, when I think of frogs, Palito is the first that comes to mind. Uh, too bad it's a toad. <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> All right, fair argument. <laughs> What's your ninth Pokemon, Travis? This is a Pokemon that meant a lot to me when I was a younger person. Heracross. Will, your number nine? Uh, one of the first Pokemon that I fell in love with from Gen 5 and uh, my absolute favorite psychic type that's not Victini because Victini is psychic fire, Reuniclus. Reuniclus is also in my honorable mentions. 
Micah, your number nine. My number nine is, I guess you could say, really over. I'm really, it's really over with me. <laughs> and is the uh, face Pokemon of Gen Six. My number nine is Hawlucha. If I can, <laughs> <laughs> really struggling with that keyboard. There. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, my final Pokemon in my list is might be a shocker for some. Can be Omanite, our Lord and Savior, Lord Helix. Omanite, uh, yes, the meme Pokemon. <laughs> Omanite is that's my number. Pokedex. That's what its uh, species identification oh, okay. is in the Pokedex. <laughs> I understand. Uh, that's gonna be my number ten. Uh, my final Pokemon is. Uh, is it my only Gen Four? No, Honchkrow is also Gen Four. Uh, my other Gen Four Pokemon that's on this list, Drifblim. Mm. Interesting. Mm. And now that you've seen my full list, you can see that my list is superior than all the other lists. <laughs> I'll, I'll read the I'll read the entire list before we start the cuts. Uh, Will, your last Pokemon. My last Pokemon, boy, that's a hard slot to fill, but I think we're gonna go with Flababy, the cutest <laughs> little fairy on a flower you ever saw. <laughs> and it just floats around on its flower and it's like flubby bay it's so cute that one all right <laughs> i really wish your mic would have cut out and done that like death fire talk <laughs> you had before micah your your final pokemon on the list my final pokemon i wrote twice as much about than everything else on my list, and that final Pokemon is Aegislash. Are you, you realize we're supposed to be doing the top ten Pokemon we like, not just uh, the Smogon top uh, <laughs> OU tier list, right? Let me tell you that uh, I I am terrible at competitive Pokemon. So I also don't think people use Aegislash anymore, but uh, I've I think it. it's like the bastion of Pokemon competitive play. <laughs> I, no, I've, I've seen it unit used in doubles still. Yeah, I think it's used in doubles. I didn't know we were supposed to write paragraphs ahead of time. I'm I mean, doing this I certainly did not. I mean, I just prepared counter arguments. That's all. Oh, so I see. Micah, the teacher's pet, got <laughs> additional help. Okay, it, it's okay. interesting. I, that knew, they claim... I knew coming into this that my list would be the most targeted, so I prepared properly. It's, it's interesting that they call strategy. you strategy. It's interesting that they call you Mike of the Brave uh, when you're showing a lot of cowardice right now about your <laughs> oh, picks. Oh, so true. Um, Have a little confidence, bro. Oh, I'm ready. Let me let me read the list here. We'll read the list, then we'll take a break, and then when we come back, we'll start the cutting. Start the the brutal. This podcast has already been pretty brutal, but. Uh, I'll start with my list here. Chandelier, Jirachi, Farfetch, Lotad, Ducklet, Golduck, Garboder, Esper, Politoed, and Omanite. Travis is sporting Honchcrow, Meowth, Vanillux, Gorgeist, Piloswine, Slurpuff, Froakie, Psyduck, Heracross, and Drifblum. Will is backed behind a Cyndaquil, a Chespin, a Victini, Volcarona, Talonflame, Zoroark, Curium, Hydreigon, Reuniclus, and Flabebe. And finally, Micah bringing up the rear here with Gengar, Eevee, Celebi, Tyranitar, Sheninja, Garchomp, Giratina, Duplicate Chandelure, Halucha, and Aegislash. 
And uh, so that is our list. There's a video version. You'll be able to see that. I'm not sure if I'm going to do that or not. Still screen recording here. But what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will start cutting and defending Pokemon to whittle this list down to 10. And we're going to start backwards. So Michael will begin the cuts. Will, Travis, then me, and we'll full circle again until we get somewhat of a list. We will be right back. break to talk to start cutting pokemon from this list we have 39 unique pokemon chandelier is the only double on the list here between micah and myself sharing that pokemon we're gonna start cutting and what's gonna happen is we're gonna start with micah move to will then travis then myself micah out of out of these pokemon are gonna nominate a pokemon to get cut he's gonna he's gonna give a reason why it should be cut or why it probably wouldn't make it to the top 10 that person, if it's Travis, for example, and if it's Vanillax, I'm only using this example because that's what I used earlier. Travis would attempt to defend and keep it on the list. If the rest of us agree that it was a pretty good defense, that Pokemon will become italicized. Again, if this is an audio version, we're just italicizing it for our benefit. If Travis believes that, okay, I can defend it, but even if I do defend it and keep it on the list a little longer... It's probably still not going to make it to the top 10. We're going to strike it out, which means it's eliminated from the conversation moving forward. We're going to try to whittle down these 39 Pokemon to get to a top 10 list, to get to 10 Pokemon to form a top 10 list. Does that make sense? How do we determine if someone's defense has been sufficient enough to prevent it from being stricken from the record? I think one other, so one other person that's, there's four of us. So if it was Micah asking for Vanillix to get cut, you defending it, you would just need Will or myself to agree with you to keep it. And what if I want to upvote somebody else's rather than attacking somebody else's? Uh, That's what we call cooperation (laughs) and friendliness, and that is not accepted in this arena. If, uh, If there is a situation where both Will and Micah feel strongly about cutting Vanillax. Well, if it's three versus one on a topic, I don't think there's going to be a defense that's going to save it. I think, is that fair to everyone? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Unless it's a super good fence. Uh, unless it's like the best defense. We'll still hear the defense, but it's probably not going to. Like, if you hear the defense and then you, ch- and you might be able to change someone's mind. So maybe yes, there's correct. that. Yeah. And if it's a, if it's a 2v2, we can italicize it, but that's also sounding like it's probably not going to make it to the, the final 10. I just don't want anyone to be like, well, everyone's gaining up on my Pokemon. So that's why the italicize exists of like, no, let's keep it on the list a little longer. Because, yeah, what, what Travis said is there's, there's the possibility to change. So right now we're trying to just trim the fat here. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's discuss things. Let's hash things out. Micah, you get the pleasure of the first cut. Which Pokemon do you think is not top 10 material on this list. I'm going straight for Lotad. Uh. <laughs> I don't see any 
redeemable qualities for this Pokemon. <laughs> Other than that, it is so ironically terrible. <laughs> terrible? I, I, you know what? I would even add to that that the, the worst thing or yeah, the worst thing about Lotad is it's not even Ludicolo. Like Ludicolo <laughs> would have a chance. Chance out there. Lotad? You didn't even go for the best of that tree. <laughs> Ludicolo is great. Let me let me get a defense here. Do I, I need to pull up a picture of those hands? No, I understand Ludicolo. I knew what I was doing when I made this list. Lotad is like a little duck head. He has like this little beak. He's real yeah, cute it's, looking. It's, it's too, yeah, and, and there just aren't any other ducks on your list, so you needed some representation. <laughs> and he's, even, he's, he's more like a platypus. He's not even a duck. Hey, can there platy- be a duck type? Platypuses so are under duck the trainer? duck family. Platypuses are not under the they both duck have, family. Like, they're they're monotremes. They're very notably not ducks. <laughs> They're noted. They're noted for uh, being mammals that like lay eggs or something. And they, lay eggs, and they, they have, also they have venom poison. and poison. Yeah. yeah. Um. And uh, they're not ducks. Those are the things they're known for. <laughs> Lotad can like hide in the water because it looks like a lily pad, but he's actually underneath it. He's like the crocodile of cuteness. All right, and I'll even take a step back from that because he's more of a lotus. Also, the crocodile of cuteness is Sandile. Q-E-D. <laughs> I don't actually know what Q-E-D stands for, and I have a philosophy degree. And I um, think it's actually Q-E-D, the crocodile of cuteness, is Sandile. Because it means, like, the result is. Got it. I will, I have, I, I will take the defeat of Lotad. I have struck him out, him or her, depending on your, your gender of Pokemon. Rest in peace, Lotad. Lotad's really cute. The the first tombstone. Lotad's great. Also, Mike, I'm going straight for your throat when it's my turn. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> uh, Will, what would you like to cut? Oh, this is hard. I mean, there's there's a lot of good choices out here. A lot of things, and I, I am a, a multi uh, Pokemon affectionator, but I think not for my... Lotad. Yeah, well, <laughs> and I think my obvious, if like as as my choice to cut, uh, old Crokey's got to go. That you know, he's just it was the worst of the starters from Gen Six. Uh, he's the only oh. starter I didn't use in my two playthroughs of the game, and he's just a pile of garbage and <laughs> needs to go. You uh, you're talking about Garbodor, right? No, Crokey, and he's right my, next to Garbodor. You notice my, how convenient that is on the list. See how it goes: Garbage Jump, Garbodor, Crokey. My defense for Crokey is that he fits into a category of Pokemon that I very much like, which is the type of Pokemon that that is cute because it seems sort of oblivious in a way. And the Gen 6 starters, um, and, and starters generally, I think, desperately needed a Pokemon that was cute in that way. Generally, starters are just cute things, especially the first evolution of them. Uh, they're, they're traditionally cute. They don't have weird shapes in them. They're, they're nice little circles, generally, or they're sort of like bipedal creatures that are cute in their own way. Uh, Froakie is one of the first. You, that, you mean uh, like Chespin? Oh, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, Chessman's cute, but not as good as Froki. Um, Froki is good because uh, because of those um, because its eyes that sort of pop out make a very strong silhouette. Yeah, its and eyes also pop it's out the... and it gurgles bubbles from its mouth and like wears them as ornamentation. I would use Ugh. that. At, I would use that as evidence that this is a great Pokemon because that that detail sticks in your brain. It's not it. it so it is whether you think that detail is interesting or not. The fact that that detail is still relevant to you means that this Pokemon is still relevant to the, the list. The fact that that detail is still relevant to me is because I'm the only person here that watches the cartoon every week. And that is compounded in my brain because I see Froki and his evolution every week, you know, because the company chose him to be Ash's best buddy, whatever. Let me let me step in between you two real quick here. Will, you do watch the anime a lot. What what kind of character... And I want—I want—I just want to see where my alliance goes between the two. What kind of character was Froki in the anime? Was—was was he like a side duck? Is he like a Charizard? I'm just referencing Ash's strongest Pokemon personality types, like or Misty's. Where does like all right? Where does he so, fit? So, Is he clumsy? Is he no, no, no? Just so you can understand the path of uh, the the Croaky arc in the cartoon, he is literally a. Pokemon that um, Professor Sycamore gave to numerous people as their starter Pokemon. And then he was like, oh, you're not good enough for me. So I'm leaving. I'm walking away from my trainer and I'm going to go back to Professor Sycamore. And then finally, like Ash is the one that he was like, oh, I guess you'll be cool and you can be my trainer because, of course, you're the chosen one, whatever. Um, so he's kind of not so nice. He's kind of like his... a really condensed Pikachu story arc. So it sounds like it, so it sounds like it does have an interesting arc to it in that this is a Pokemon that started out stubborn and had to be um, taught how okay. to love by, by meeting uh, a no, 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 nice no. human being. He, it didn't have to, he just decided because he saw Ash's actions, but he was mean to all those previous children who didn't live up to his standards because you but know. Then he learned what? from. But then he learned kids. from Ash, Ash's enthusiasm, his ability to execute what he wants, and his uh, constant cheerfulness that um, that some people aren't bad. So and, it's an interesting character arc. And Croaky, what, the, what that tells wait, me. Wait, 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 that... wait, wait. And Croaky is so fantastic <laughs> that he's like one of the three of Ash's Pokemon that was ever allowed to fully evolve to its final form. Yeah, you're that's, arguing that's for, how great Croaky is. You're arguing he sounds like for the Charmander. He sounds like Charmander. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm arguing for Greninja. <laughs> I mean, what you're telling me is that Froki had enough insight to realize how terrible all those other children were. We can't argue this much for each for each one. Where uh, uh, Micah and Steve, where do you stand? I can see him staying on the list for now. I'm on either side of the fence, honestly. I have so there's no at least one there's at least another. one person defending me, so he only gets an italic. All right, he's italicized. He's still on the list. Our only cut is low tad. Travis, who are you uh, cutting? Who are you nominating? This might not be a fan favorite call out, um, but I'm going to call for a strike on Eevee. The reason here, uh, Eevee is a cute Pokemon, sure. The reason we like Eevee though is not because of what Eevee is, but it's because of what Eevee has the potential to be Eevee in and of itself is nothing right so when we isolate Eevee from its evolutions and we're trying to pick a pokemon that fits on a top 10 list Eevee doesn't make sense because Eevee is only interesting because you as the owner of Eevee have the choice to turn it into what is it that are there are there 10 now uh evolutions 
So when we're talking I think about eight. Yeah, fair. I was just gonna say. Hmm. So the interesting thing about Eevee is that it is part of this larger system that is the Eeveelution system. And we're, when we're just talking about finding the best Pokemon, taking one part of that system out and, and saying it is the best uh, separates it from what actually makes it interesting and it's no longer interesting. I would argue not only for Eevee to stay on this list, but also in favor of Eevee being a starter Pokemon that that's what makes it so great because it's essentially the epitome of new beginnings, which is when you're starting your Pokemon journey, that's exactly what you're looking for. That's the epitome of the Pokemon journey. There are many paths in front of you with an Eevee and you get to choose your own. And that's the whole point of the series. And I think that's what makes Eevee so great. And I would argue that, boop, Eevee needs to go. If you had put Umbreon, you'd have my vote. But Eevee, <laughs> no bueno. But that's what's Steve, so where great do you about stand? Eevee, is that we can all make our own decisions about what we want our Eevees to be. This, in addition to that, but none is, of us, is just adorable. Eevee is adorable, is yeah. But Eevee, no one, none of us want Eevee. We want a specific Eevee evolution. My point exactly. And this is a list of people who have made decisions, not people who are anticipating future decisions to be made. But the only way that you can get that future Pokemon is with an Eevee. And the only way that you can end your Pokemon journey is by beginning it. Look, if, if I've, this... read, I've read too much St. Thomas Aquinas to have any respect <laughs> for potentiality. And I, uh, I think we've got enough votes against EV to put that big old slash through the E, the E, the V, the E, and the E. I, I mean, if this was a, bu- a BuzzFeed list, it would be Charizard, Rapidash, Ditto, EV, <laughs> etc. Because they would use the argument that EV could be anything you want. And I think that's cool. But I also have a list of a lot of, like, I have Esper, I have Lotad, I have Ducklet, I have Pokemon that don't evolve. And, like, in Ducklet's case... Ducklet is a Pokemon I do not want to evolve because it is dramatically different, and I like that, but th- but that that's what makes Ducklet more special to me. When I look at Eevee, it's when can I get Eevee to evolve and what can I get Eevee to evolve into. It's it's just what Travis said it's just, and what BuzzFeed would say. Look at everything Eevee could evolve into because you don't want it. And you know what? Eevee can't evolve into a ghost type, so it can't <laughs> evolve into what I want it to evolve into. So. If you look at my list, literally half of them are ghost Pokemon. <laughs> and yet Eevee is not, so... Well, it is now, because that's three versus one on cutting. Looks like my Eevee evolved into a coup. Thanks, guys. <laughs> who, Can we just get rid of all of Micah's Pokemon? <laughs> who, who made that cut? Was that Travis-nominated Eevee? Yes. Okay. Oh, this list is rough. I am going to opt to cut... Reuniclus? What? I I think Reuniclus is a cool Pokemon. The design is outstanding. It's really cool. To me, it strikes me a lot. It It's too similar. This is my complaint. It's too similar to Alakazam where, and I could be wrong. I'm not the biggest competitive battler, but it, it strikes me as a glass cannon. Could be wrong. Yeah, that-, that hurts me so much. It's incorrect. Reuniclus is bulky. Is it super bulky? That's why it's got that coding around it yeah i thought you had to breed it specifically for that nah like you had to breed it more specifically to be bulky let me pull up its base stats uh just all right as, we'll get the facts for, here for reference can we compare it to Ale- can, we, can we compare it to alexander real quick uh 110 hp 125 spe- uh, special attack 
uh, or sorry, 110 HP, 75 defense, 85 special defense. So not as bulky as I thought, but the 110 HP is a lot of bulk compared to, and I'll pull up Alakazam in a second. I feel like Alakazam's in the 70 and 80s too for defenses. But as Travis is looking that up, when you, I was super actually surprised you added Reuniclus to the list. Not that, well, I like Reuniclus not enough for my top 10, but I've never heard you talk about Reuniclus or... When Re- I, Reuniclus is on every one of my playthroughs ever since Reuniclus came out. I guess out of, all the po- out of all the Pokemon you are vocal about, Reuniclus is the one you are least vocal about on the list. And your, our list can't be your top 10 Pokemon. So, yeah, it like, could be if it you could would be. stop going after my Pokemon. <laughs> it could be, but I think you would agree out of your 10, Reuniclus is, the, is probably the lowest on your list. Or at least to me, the one you rarely mention. And you mention a couple of these Pokemon quite frequently. If that is your criterion, I would agree with you there. Alakazam and Reuniclus share the same special defense, um, but Alakazam only has uh, 55 HP to Reuniclus's 110, okay. and, and Reuniclus has more defense as well. If that's the end of the arguments, I would side with Will here. The you know, Steve, you list that the design is great, and I agree. Um, you listed it's a cool Pokemon, and I agree. If if your only real argument is that it's not talked about that often, or Will specifically doesn't talk about it that often, I don't find that argument particularly particularly compelling for why it should be taken off the list. Especially since I think all of us agree uh, that the design is great and the um, evolutionary line it's a part of is is uh, a cool design as well. And, I agree, it's and, a cool design, but that doesn't. I think all the Pokemon are cool. To... Wait, wait, wait. For you, for your Gen Five Psychic type, do you want Reuniclus or do you want Gotharita? Reuniclus is better, but like all these Pokemon are good. Like I could, I could speak to how they all are designed. Some low tad. I, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't hear anything <laughs> after you just said Reuniclus is better. Okay, oh, absolutely. Like Reuniclus. Vote is... of confidence. Thank you. Then Gotharita, but that's not saying anything. Right. That's like saying, uh, w- w- what do you want, Reuniclus or Huntail? Like, everyone's going to pick Reuniclus. No one's going to pick Huntail. <laughs> what I mean, would the- you rather have, this ice cream cone full of trash or this ice cream <laughs> cone full of uh, a pile of flesh? All I heard just now was everyone's going to pick Reuniclus. So I just keep getting these votes in my favor. I don't even I understand do what think, this debate uh, well, is about. Well, I do think that Reuniclus and its its line are interesting designs. I do not consider it to be anywhere near notable enough to place it on a top 10 list of all the po- available Pokemon. I mean, especially uh, in comparison to a lot of the stuff on this list. I, Technically, it's a top 10 list of these 40. <laughs> That's true. But these 40 were already pre cut prior to this. I can see Travis's argument with Froki. I understand how important Froki is to Travis. If you want to, like, you can't live and die on every single Pokemon on your, on your list. Oh, Just, yes, I can. <laughs> yeah, but we we would be here for a long, long time, and I don't want to be here that long. Like I, I got I, nothing better to do. I enjoy. Nothing I've enjoyed what do, we've sir. talked about up to this point. I could have lived and died on Lotad. Travis will probably live and die on Froakie. I picked Reuniclus because I feel it is the weakest on your list. And if you want, if you still want to stand by that, okay, we can italicize it. But like, I feel like you have better arguments for other Pokemon on your list. I think that Travis and I. Both have a good feeling towards Reuniclus, and it needs to stay. All right. And you can just remove Froakie right now in its place. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Micah, your go. Oh, God. Uh, I'm going to go for Honchkrow. 
The Hunch can take it. <laughs> the Hunch can take it. It's it's a neat looking Pokemon, and I agree with your argument that the gangster, the like twenties gangster style Pokemon needed to be represented in some fashion, and Honchkrow is a great example of that. However, I don't think that there are any more redeeming qualities other than what it's loosely based on. And, and that's I, about it. I would I would go in uh, before Travis gets a chance to defend. Um in the realm of this type of Pokemon, I'd rather go with a Miss Magius than a Honchkrow. Not even on the list. That. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> a, a Pokemon that's it's not on the list. Comparatively speaking, yes, is is even better than this one. Okay, so I in in defense of, in defense of Honchkrow, I will you know maintain what you've already conceded that um, that its design and and basis are great. Um, I'll concede also that its design is cool, as you say. But I'll also add, uh, you say that your, your main argument then is that um, beyond its coolness, there's not a lot uh, for Honchkrow to go on. And I'll present uh, just one. I think Honchkrow adds a lot to our understanding of the dark type, at least in the West, because uh, in, in Japanese, the dark type translates it like it, the, the translation of dark type to English, as far as I understand it. From what I understand, in Japan, the dark type has more connotations of like trickery or um, mischief. At least that's my understanding of it. Um, and I feel like Honchkrow is one of the Pokemon, and I feel like that gets translated to us. I think I think we get that between uh, uh, Weavile is another example, but uh, I think Honchkrow even more shows that that dark doesn't necessarily mean evil, which I think Weavile can kind of show in a lot of the other dark type Pokemon. You would just assume that there's more complexity to the dark type, that it means more things. And because Honchkrow uh, is only a dark type Pokemon because it's based on a it's based on crime and it's based on on that crime culture that it that it shows us a lot more. Uh, it makes the dark type, its presence makes the dark type more interesting. So, That's a fantastic argument. But it do- it doesn't help me feel better about how trash Honchkrow is. That's fine. Strike it. <laughs> I mean, if you that was a really great argument. Yeah, yeah, it was a super good argument. It was better than Reuniclus's argument. But there are a lot of dark type Pokemon. I feel like that still do communicate that without Honchkrow being like the crutch that they all stand on. I had to do something. <laughs> I had to say something. I mean, no, you're you're. It's pretty if, great for like off the cuff. If you didn't say earlier that a Honchkrow was your number ten and would probably be cut earlier, I wouldn't have like struck out Honchkrow right now. But like your argument was good. Well, thank you. Will, who are you picking? Oh, I gotta pick again. Um, boy, this is a tough choice because there's a lot of good Pokemon on here. Mm, I think while I don't want to be too harmful, um, I think Vanillux is incredibly idiosyncratic to Travis's enjoyment of ice types. And I think if you have to pick one ice type from this list, Curum is obviously the superior choice. So I, I just think I can understand that, you know, Travis enjoys Vanillux and even, you know, in my playthrough of, uh, Pokemon Y, I bought the Vanillite shirt for my character so that he could wear that around, and I thought that was cute, but cute does not win battles. And uh, and, and actually, you know, I do have a fondness for, for Vanillux as well, because if the, uh, the Pokemon podcast playmat that I still use when I play TCGs, but that still ain't going to do it. 
Gotta you go. just activated my trap card. <laughs> before Travis, I feel like this is the really first, the first really personal throat grab. Before Travis defends, I will say that I can see Vanellix being a final top ten out of all of these Pokemon, and that's just me. Really? Yes. I have two. I have two There's... main defenses for Vanellox. First, Vanellix is great because it's an. Ex- it's one of I believe uh, seven or, or or ten or something. Um, if you're counting different Pokemon within the same uh, evolutionary line, I think it's 10. Uh, Pokemon designed by, oh shoot, what was his name? I don't remember his name, uh, but he's the first Westerner. He's a, he's a British fellow, uh, the first Westerner to design, uh, to, to do the official design for Pokemon. Um, all, all of those were in, of his first work and the first work of Westerners were in gen five uh his other work was like uh garbodor which is also on this list and i feel like uh because of that vanillix represents um the pokemon's move towards it where it is now with a sort of international focus um it, it i think that culminated in gen six with the different languages with uh vivillon or vivillon um, the different forms of Vivian, uh, depending on region. And I think Vanillax is where that starts because you get designs from Westerners and um, because it it opens up the design space to uh, to ideas from other cultures, whether or not you can, I don't, you know, myself, I don't know the origins of ice cream, um, but I feel like Vanillax is part of a larger group of Pokemon um, that opens up the design space to not just Japanese culture things like the beckoning lucky cat, but also um, cultural ideas from uh, from all across the globe for people who live in those cultures to be able to have their own Pokemon represented in them. The second defense, and I think is the stronger defense, as if the first one wasn't already good enough already, uh, is that Vanillax represents everything that that is good that we defend from the, you know, the, the Gen 1-er criticism, right? The Gen 1-ers say that after Gen 1, um, Pokemon had no good ideas anymore. That, that after Gen 1, Pokemon are just based on, they're not based on animals anymore. So Vanillix flies in the face of that by doing uh, just that. It's not based on an animal. Um, it's based on a completely different kind of object. It's it's bold in the fact that it is a food Pokemon, uh, and it's also a cheerful, um, happy, beautiful, beautifully designed, I think, Pokemon that says, you know, I don't I don't care if your argument is that uh, Gen One was better because everything was uh, uh, darker or scarier. Vanillix represents the move towards aiming. It says this game is for children. Vanillax is a Pokemon that kids would love. It's happy. It's smiling. It's got the whole weird two-faced thing that's a little interesting. So I feel like Vanillax is one of the Pokemon that's not necessarily for people our age. Vanillax is one of the Pokemon uh, wherein Game Freak is saying this is for kids. The the sort of harsh critics of, of Gen 1 aren't the target audience, and you shouldn't be entitled to think so. I think that's also what Vanillax represents. That was my first immediate thought when thinking about whether or not to support or defend Vanillix is that that argument specifically. And I think it was either on Twitter or in an episode of the podcast when they had announced Vanillix or whenever it was you, I, I saw or I listened to or read you arguing that point. And it was a really good point to me, not just because it flies in the face of 
on its own what people what gen oneers say about pokemon past gen one but also because it draws a lot of attention to the fact that gen one a lot of it was exactly what they were arguing the rest of the series is about and what the designs come from because if you look at gen one a lot of it is exactly that it's just it's like geodude is a rock with arms and i mean there's plenty of pokemon in gen one that are literally just things that they gave some kind of character to and then it was a pokemon and i think that vanillax did a really good job of presenting that argument and also kind of shutting it down i mean i i don't know what will has to say because he was the one that nominated this but i would be willing to bold vanillax right now and move that pokemon into the top the final top 10 you guys have so completely bored me to death with your argumentation (laughs) whatever it's a it's a very it's very close to travis this is important i mean if vanillux is down there on the top 10 don't expect me to sign this declaration of independence (laughs) i mean i mean look we we have spent 31 minutes arguing five pokemon so like you have to make sacrifices to make this list work if you're going to defend like i took i i cross out low ted pretty quickly and All you right, just just make it clear right it's on the record that i did not support vanillux but three dudes did oh, i'm sure and there's, there's four good, dudes there, there, here. Are, there are going to be plenty of pokemon on the final list that i don't care about right like yeah if you look at the progress bar on your podcast listening app, it probably <laughs> says that we're only a third of the way. Through the episode. No, one, one quarter. One I mean, quarter. I'm I'm looking at my list and I'm looking at like I'm looking at three. I'm looking at two to three that I want to make sure gets to that list. And I look at other people's list and I and I look at Vanillix and I go Vanillix is a Pokemon that I 100 percent support to go on that final list my my argument with reuniclus earlier is like i think you will should be looking at two to three pokemon that you think that you will don't, don't hey 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 i i'm just this saying is that not you, your board game buddy don't tell me my strategy I'm, i know how i i know my win condition you don't have to tell me how I'm going to win. I need to save some of this intensity for Gen Con. You, you can save all of your justifications. Move the Vanillux down. I've issued my protest. My black card is on the table. We can move forward. Vanillux is I, bold. Can I, make it, can I make a challenge? <laughs> it is my turn, right? Uh, it, is, it is your turn, yes. At, at the risk of uh, fanning the flames even more, I'm going to challenge Kyurem. <gasps> Kyurem? Oh, oh, boy. Ooh. Wait a minute. I would argue that Curum is the uh, mirror image to what makes Vanillux great, because Curum, uh, while Vanillux is uh, evidence against Gen Oneers, right? Curum sa- or, or sorry, Vanillux says we can make great Pokemon that aren't based on animals. It says we can make great Pokemon that aren't in Gen One. I think Curum represents some of the validity validity within Gen One argumentation, namely. Uh, that as the games went on, Pokemon got too complicated. That that's an argument that I uh, that I buy. I think it makes it worse for kids, the main target audience. The fact that you combine these these two Pokemon with a DNA splicer, and you end up with uh, two different forms of Kiram or three if you count its base form, that doesn't feel like uh, the spirit of of the game. That feels like a that feels like a different franchise altogether. Uh, Kiram additionally. I feel like is is not even the best of it. It's I would argue is the worst of its trio. I think I think Reshiram and Zekrom have a sort of um, majesty to them, a sort of elegance to them that Kiram completely lacks. 
partially i would i would suppose because it's 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 literally supposed to be a husk um but i think that's even more evidence that uh, uh, this incorrect. pokemon is uninspired incorrect kiram is a strange and beautiful creature there was once a unified dragon that crashed to earth and in the crashing split into two creatures kiram is the void the emptiness between know, the, the, the husk two. that's left over not from when the, the original out, not dragon. the external shell but the internal well, yeah but, the, the but i wasn't between. saying husk literally i understand well, the like, strangely that's the word you used which was husk <laughs> and kiram represents well, yeah, the void the emptiness and what and is a husk empty void no husk i know is how the shell. pokemon i know how the pokemon works I think the story of Kiram is beautiful, it is intriguing, it is unresolved, and it just presents a mystery in the Pokemon universe that, you know, still has not been uh, answered, probably never will be, and it's something to ponder and, and think about, and, and is wonderful. For the sake of time, I'll just let my arguments speak for themselves. My opinion on Kiram is that I initially was very against it because uh, Black and White and Black 2 and White 2 are easily my least favorite of the series i agree however i do i i didn't know enough about kiram and i still don't because i never completed black two and white two and i do actually really like that story however that's not enough for me to argue for it so i'm kind of on like a i can't say one way or another kiram is really cool because it's asymmetrical it's not a uniform pokemon like others but even Kiram could not save my boredom that was black and white too. Oh. And I think that's three verse one against Kiram, which is technically the two, two, and a, two and a half, but whatever. And a, a sit-out. And an abstain. <laughs> you can't abstain from everything, Micah. If I got no opinion on it one way or another, that's, Well, that's he doesn't fair. even understand the story of Kiram, so he's an uneducated vote. I'd rather not even have. Are we, are Give we, him the slice. Are, slice it out. We're cutting? I said that I thought it was interesting. I like it. I we... like your version of the story. And it actually it, has it, me interested to cut. learn more about it. Give it the cut. He doesn't know enough. I don't want an uninformed voter <laughs> making decisions <laughs> for our populace. All right. Travis, you voted for Kiram, right? Correct. I will. Vo- I'm, I'm not meaning to attack you, Micah. But it's fine. Come at me. Celebi really sucks. Oh, my God. I'm going to say right now you have to have a very good argument because I love Celebi. Oh, my God. All right. Celebi has, first off, one of the weakest movies out of the 200-plus Pokemon movies that exist. I will agree with that right off the bat before you continue. (laughs) And I had not seen it until this last last summer or whenever it was that they did the uh, Twitch Watches Pokemon and they aired like a bunch of movies. And it was really difficult for me to sit through that. However, I have pretty much no knowledge of the show beyond Kanto, and so that did not factor into my argument for Celebi at all. All right, all right. We have three mythical Pokemon on this list. We have Jirachi, we have Victini, we have Celebi. We're only missing Mew and Manaphy, and those four Pokemon are all better than Celebi in every way. In in how? Because I disagree. Like, it give me, a, like... Other than the movie is bad, tell me why Celebi isn't good. Like, Celebi and is... And I might... Okay, Celebi's the time travel Pokemon. It can go back and forth through time. We've seen that that is not... That is its unique ability, but we also see that other Pokemon have the ability to do that. Giratina, Palkia, Dialga, Dialga, I can never say that 
dragon's name, yeah. but you know what I'm talking Dialga. about. They all have the abilities to go through time in some extent. Maybe not as quickly as Celebi, but they all have time travel. Like Victini has However, a, however what Victini However though has a lot Celebi, going <laughs> Celebi has the ability to not only time travel, but to exist at any given point in time that it travels to. Therefore, Celebi is literally its own time paradox, which is that's amazing to me because it takes this Pokemon that's cute and adorable and it's supposed to be uh, something that kids just are really excited about. And then it, it has this way deeper story that lets adults enjoy it just as much. But would you like if you were in the Pokemon universe and you this is this argument's getting real weird and you see a Celebi, the Celebi can do the time paradox thing. Is that exciting to you, knowing it can do its own thing that probably will or will not involve you? Or when you see a Victini, you know that a Victini brings both victory and luck, and that directly affects you. Now, if you look at Jirachi, you know Jirachi Jirachi grants wishes. So if I was a little kid and Pokemon were real, Celebi's the last mythical Pokemon I want to see because Celebi is selfish. Victini, wor- Victini and Jirachi both work for the kids. Celebi is far from selfish because Celebi's main goal is to show up and bring peace and to revitalize the world for everyone. Yeah, and you've seen every one of those Pokemon movies. Everything bad happens. Where's Celebi? Nowhere. Except the fourth movie and maybe because another it movie. it only shows up <laughs> when peace is present it didn't save ash from crying in every single movie <laughs> good i would argue that that's a benefit to celebi <laughs> i think i'm i don't know i don't know where will stands but i think i'm okay with with striking it because of this this idea of comparing it to the other mythicals not in terms of its its design i still would say that celebi i think is the best designed uh visually i think it's the most aesthetically interesting of the uh mythicals but this argument that you know, what makes the, I don't think that the, well, it's, I shouldn't say mythical because other Pokemon would qualify in that sense. I think of the Mew analogs, all of those are valued based on, you know, what's interesting about them is, is what they can, is what they bring with them. They're sort of these strange uh, pixie-like creatures that appear in and out of your existence and, and, and may, and have a, like a profound effect when they get there. And time travel is a, sort of doesn't fit with that and thus is sort of the least successful in that endeavor. So even though I like Celebi, I'm I'm not I will I'm, I I'm will taken by your argument. on on uh one specific thing that I immediately rebut by tr- removing Jirachi from the list. Wait, wait, wait. Before you do that, we haven't had Will like if if Will's not defending Celebi, Celebi's just getting cut. I enjoy Celebi as the forest guardian and certainly in the generation two games and the generation four games being a more accessible mythical Pokemon to understand as part of the game, but not enough to keep him on the list. Gotta go. That's three versus as much as I argued for it. I am not heartbroken over Celebi. I love Celebi, but you make good points. It is it is your vote, though. It is your choice for elimination. And are you going straight for Jirachi? I am going straight for Jirachi only because I find Jirachi to be the least interesting of the mythical Pokemon. I find it to be 
not only the least interesting, but also the most cliche that it is a Pokemon that grants wishes. Can we that tag is team on in- this? Incredibly idealist and <laughs> not reasonable, and I hate it. Can we tag team on this? Go right ahead. Let's yeah, you can start, Travis. If you have ever played against a Jirachi competitively, you know that Jirachi is the most annoying little piece of garbage that has ever been in any Pokemon game. Serene Grace and Ironhead should not be a lot. A is, so it is, it is somehow more annoying than Togekiss, even though they have the exact same strategy. The Thunder Wave, Serene Grace... Iron Head, you're never going to get your move off because you're always going to flinch in Thunder Wave. Jirachi represents all the bad things about competitive Pokemon. Uh, all of these luck-based uh, checks. The, you know, the only thing worse was is is if it somehow got critical hits more. It it represents so many of the things that are wrong with competitive Pokemon. I couldn't. I it would be very difficult for me to put it on a top ten list when it when I abhor how it actually plays in the actual game, which I would argue. Um, is an important factor for for making a top 10 list like this. I have no fondness one way or the other when it comes to Jirachi, but I will mention that there are frequently special Jirachi distributions in Japan to celebrate specific events because Jirachi is very reflective of something in Japanese culture tied to meteor showers that we do not have in our English-speaking culture um, and it has been extremely difficult for people to get a Jirachi in, in you know, especially newer players. And therefore, I find Jirachi to be incredibly uninteresting. And he can go. <laughs> when Travis said, Steve hasn't given a defense. Let's tag team this. He kind of just threw Jirachi under the bus instead of like defending Jirachi. That's what I was saying. I'm tag teaming with, with, yeah, with Micah. Oh, I see. I, there are other Pokemon I would rather fight for, but I think. If in the Pokemon lure, lure, lore, uh, in the Pokemon lore, I think Jirachi really stands out as a Pokemon that you would actually want to see and experience. There are a lot of... I would want to see and experience literally every Pokemon. I want every Pokemon yeah. to be real. My dream <laughs> okay. would be... Actually, if, if the, Jirachi is pointless because my only wish that would ever matter to me is I wish Pokemon were real, and if Jirachi were there, it would kind of be pointless because my wish has already been granted. And, and you know what's unfortunate? Because I know this is going to fall on deaf ears in this particular crowd, but if anybody has watched, has watched uh, Madoka... You would understand that Jirachi is actually Kyubei and is the villain of the story. Okay, well, let me. I already said I'm cutting Secret Jirachi. Villain? Let me just give some defense for this poor Pokemon that's about to get cut. <laughs> if 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 Pokemon Go was real, if Pokemon was real in the lore, if you could be around all these Pokemon and we bring that down to mythical and legendary Pokemon, and you see something like a Reshiram or a Zekrom or a Raikou or an Entai in the wild. Yes, that is a that should be a rare and one in the and um, a lifetime experience. But those Pokemon don't really do anything for you. If you were to see a Jirachi or even a Victini Victini in the wild, you would get some sort of benefit besides just experiencing a one in a lifetime happening. So if you were in a competition, if you were competing, if you were doing something that needed luck slash victory and you saw a Victini in the falling asleep in the lore, like that would be (laughs) the best thing you could possibly experience. Yeah, sure. Getting wishes granted is cool. Like, great. It's not realistic. 
None of this is realistic. It's Pokemon. There are also <laughs> three, if I, there are also if three I had gen a Jirachi Pokemon. in front of me, if I had a Jirachi in front of me and it asked me to give it a wish, my wish would be for a Celebi. But we can't have everything <laughs> we want. Uh, you can't say that that's not realistic. But that's what the Pokemon. This is a stupid just, conversation just, about Pokemon. I'm just being a pessimist. All right. I'm just not really taken by the argument that like it's granting wishes makes it like. I don't really think that this is a list of top 10 Pokemon we want to meet in real life. This is like top 10 Pokemon that within the franchise. And I, I think those are two different lists. And so I'm, I mean, I'm my, not my really argument would argument. be like Jirachi definitely stands out out of 700 Pokemon. But that's because of the points I made. But that's fine. I've already crossed them out. Will's turn. Just following on from your argument about standing out in 722 Pokemon, I think uh, Slurpuff, while it is cute and it is sort of iconic within Generation 6, representing the, you know, the, the food and the Pokepuffs and everything, it's not even notable as a fairy type. There are other fairy types that are much more, uh, that you can identify much more clearly with being representative of the type. And um, I just think Slurpuff, while it, it's cute and nice, uh, does not quite merit being on this list. I think Slurpuff uh, does a is. I'll start that sentence in a different way. I think there are certain Pokemon that go very far in terms of defining the aesthetic of a given generation. I think uh, lately, I don't think it's necessarily the case with the first two generations, but I think Generation Three onward, um, there's a um, subtle but consistent design theme around all of the Pokemon within a generation. I feel like Generation 5 is a very uh, sunny, round generation in terms of its Pokemon. And I feel like Slurpuff is one of those Pokemon for Gen 6. Gen 6 is a very colorful, it's, it's, it's vibrant, it's bouncy, it's, it's um, because it's the first Pokemon in 3D, uh, it has a lot of depth and it, and it benefits from... Uh, not having sprites, and I feel like all of those uh, traits also apply to Slurpuff very well. So in that sense, I think Slurpuff represents a lot of what is good and consistent about Generation 6. Um, what else was I, was I going to say? And the idea that it's not notable as a fairy type, I would, I would take issue with. I don't, I don't, you didn't really provide a lot of um, warrants behind that claim. You just said it's not notable. I, I would argue it is notable. It's, it's, it's one of the few Pokemon actually introduced as a fairy type, along with uh, stuff like Aromatisse and, and uh, Flabebe's line, like Florges and stuff. Um, uh, I, it's one I, of the I'm few gonna, introduced say, fairy type Pokemon, if, if and I feel like line, that in no. itself makes it a notable. If you line up Slurpuff, Spritzy, Florges, Sylveon in a row and ask anyone, can you point out which is the most fairy type? Slurpuff is going to end up last on that list. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's a strong argument, but I I like Slurpuff, but I don't see Slurpuff making it to the top 10. We've already got one food Pokemon on the top 10. How many <laughs> delicious meals? Do I mean, I, I, I like Slurpuff a lot, but I can't. When we're done with this list, you can I can't. use it to uh, make a meal for your significant other or for yourself and then uh, take pictures of it and post it. Does that mean you don't like it either, Micah, for the top 10? I am. This is what I'm going to do going forward. If I am no two ways about a specific Pokemon, I'm going to count it as a strike. I generally don't have an interest in Slurpuff. 
it's neat okay. and it's cute, but I agree with Steve that I don't see it making the top 10 because it's just not as interesting to me as a lot of the stuff on this list. Strike it. It's been striked, struck. It's been struck. What, what we'll do here is we have, uh, we're going to take a break before the break here. Jirachi, Lotad, Honchcrow, Slurpuff, Kyrium, Eevee, and Celebi have all been cut. Vanillax is the only Pokemon that's made it to the top 10. We probably have to accelerate this in some aspect. We have 32 remaining. We have 32 remaining, so we'll probably have to do something to accelerate this a bit. But we'll figure that out after our break, and hopefully we can wrap this up in another less than an hour, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) So we will be right back. And we are back from our break. We are still cutting and editing Pokemon. I can't remember who nominated last. I think Will did, right? Nominated Slurpuff. Yes, oh, that's me then, huh? Uh, yeah, it's Travis. We could switch it up, maybe. Well, let's go through Travis's and I's cuts, and let's do a round of Pokemon we want to see on the top 10 list without picking our own. Does that make sense? So am I picking one to cut or am I picking one that I want on the top 10? Uh, we'll do cut and me cut. Okay. So that's fair for cuts. And then we'll do Micah and Micah would nominate a Pokemon he'd want to see on the top 10, but he can't pick from his own list. So we'll, we'll try that route just to kind of differentiate the list a little bit and accelerate this process. All right. Will's list is looking the healthiest, so I'll, <laughs> I'll attack Will again. I feel like that's all I've done, but I'll, I'll hit Will again. Uh, we're going for Zoroark. What? Are you serious? I'm 100% I'm, on board with this. I'm very serious. Zoroark is notable for only two reasons. Reason one, it has a unique ability um, that's, that's very tricky and makes for interesting gameplay. I'll concede that. It's notable second because it is the Lucario of its generation. Lucario is the worst Pokemon bar none. <laughs> if this is trying to be Lucario, then it's then it's and the fact that it's 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 trying to achieve complete garbage trash and not making it means it's probably the worst Pokemon of all the 40 on this list. I have no Perhaps idea why anyone says it's the Lucario of its generation. I don't even know what that means. I, I think what I, I have to agree with, Travis. I think Pokemon Company saw the success in Lucario, and they tried to apply that same marketing strategy to Zoroark, and it didn't really work. What did I miss in the marketing strategy? Because all I know is, yes, it has an extremely unique ability that no other Pokemon has ever replicated ever. And in the first black and white games, which you guys may not have realized, the only way to get Zoroark was to have the distribution um, legendary dogs. And if you didn't have them, you didn't get no Zoroark unless you had a friend who could get one, breed it, and give one to you. Zoroark is extremely special, and it's just an amazing and beautiful creature. I don't think that's true. Didn't you get a Zorua through the through the game? Didn't like an NPC give you a Zorua? Nope. 
Not until Black and White 2. I mean, Lucario was the first non-legendary, non-mythical Pokemon to be featured on a cover, if I'm not mistaken, of a movie, and Zoroark was the second. I mean, that's fine. All three of you hate on Zoroark. You can take it from the list, but it's I also, just think that that's really you're you're really missing out. I think I think I think what what I think Steve said something that resonates with with why I don't like Zoroark that much, and that it it feels more like a marketing ploy than it feels like a Pokemon because Lucario was extremely successful, and they tried for a similarly edgy and yet not evil design that's a two stage evolution that starts with something small and cute and evolves into something that seems threatening but also sort of agile and uh, anthro and am- anthropomorphic brooding animal um it, I, it, I, it, I don't it, understand in that sense, why it feels exactly like a like a marketing strategy and less uh, like a pokemon I, I don't understand why you're visiting your hate for some other pokemon <laughs> on poor zoroark who is a glorious and wonderful creature that i it's a shadow of success. an even worse pokemon oh, <laughs> i mean Lord. look all all these pokemon are great but we gotta get we gotta be cut take throat it. to take uh take get, it you guys it's three against one take it to get to get to and zoroark are the hot topic of pokemon you, I will chop out your tongue and make you swallow it. Gen Con two weeks away. Uh, <laughs> I, Let's go. There's a lot of Pokemon on Micah's list that I don't really like, but I don't. Thanks. I don't see Drifloom making the top ten. I think Drifloom's really cool. Obviously, not based on an animal, but based on a balloon. I think the lore behind Drifloom is really cool and creepy and i'm all for creepy pokemon just look at chandelier but i just don't see top 10 material in drift bloom i'd be curious what your counter argument is but i don't think it would convince me to keep it on this list i think that with ghost types um what draws us to them uh is the fact that they are sort of these strange siren calls that they are gorgeous to look at uh but deadly to interact with uh, Driftblim is a great example of that. It It is probably the most friendly-looking ghost-type Pokemon, and that makes me, and I would assume other people, love it at first sight. And then the fact that you learn that um, that it finds people and and lifts them to, and the fact that it, it only rises and, and never uh, sinks once it grabs people, that um, presumably it drops them to their death. Um, that the juxtaposition of allure and um, mortality that we love in ghost-type Pokemon is perhaps best exemplified in Driftblim. Uh, I love Driftblim quite a bit. I love having a Driftblim with Ominous Wind, but I don't think Driftblim needs to make the cut. You would cut it, or...? I, I would cut it. Oh, okay. Micah? I agree. Okay. I, I was really interested in Driftblim when you first encounter it, but I'm not... It's nothing that really stands out to me as a top 10 quality Pokemon. Uh, okay, Driftblum is cut. Micah, is there a Pokemon on the list that you would like to see go into the top 10? Hmm. I guess if there's not enough votes from everyone else, it would have to be, we would use, let's use underline to signify the almost everyone agrees. I would argue almost, all right, okay. This is going to be tough for me because I hate to hand this to you, but I know that this is going to be a discussion anyways, so we might as well have it now. <laughs> I feel like I would be okay with Golduck making the list. 
Uh, I 100% agree. Golduck is iconic for all of the work that we do, and I feel that Golduck should be on the list. I feel like it's a flagship for the podcast, and that gives it, that lends some quality to it to be on the top 10 list. In addition to that, my opinion of Golduck has changed significantly since I've hung out with you and uh, experienced Pokemon with you, even in so that when I found a wild Golduck playing Pokemon Go, I got really excited, and then I was like, why am I excited? It's a gold duck, and I was like, oh, yeah, Pokemon podcast. That's awesome. So I would be okay with it making the list. Travis? I, I, the only argument I would have against it is that um, I think Psyduck is cuter, um, but that means a lot less than the, the story that not only you shared on this show, but also the the lore that that builds around our show and around the Pokemon in, in my eyes. So I think all of us agree. I think you guys sold Golduck better than I could. <laughs> uh, Golduck is on the list. All right. Cross off Psyduck while we're you, at it because we're not going to put both of them on there. Okay. Will, is there a Pokemon on this uh, that's not on your list that you would like to nominate to the top 10? Uh, I would put Chandelure because I should have had Chandelure on my list. I forgot just when i saw you guys put it there i remembered not only that beautiful painting that you did for 649 monsters of chandelure oh, thank you but my great pleasure in um uh using chandelure in pokemon tournament and how much <laughs> i enjoy uh the the way that he drags people into that uh, alternate dimension with the candles and then he giggles as they well not people but you know the other pokemon and then he giggles as they are tormented in that alternate hell dimension and i love that about chandelure and it just gives him so much more uh credit and he's so unique in his fire ghost typing um and he can be very difficult to handle in a uh, vgc competition as well i love i love me some chandelure obviously on michael's list uh, Travis, where do you stand? I like Chandler. I don't love it as much as all of you, but um, <laughs> it's, you know, in order to not have it be on the top 10, I would have to argue that one of you change your mind, and I don't think that's going to happen, <laughs> and I also don't dislike Chandler to the extent that I would really be able to come up with a lot of things to say about it. All right. I like Chandler as a Pokemon. I just, it's, yeah, put it up. Chandler is on. We've got three. The list. the list travis progress what are you nominating not on your list i'm i'm between two right now um i'm gonna go with tyranitar sandstream tyranitar <laughs> i don't care uh, i don't care what a, so, it's better so, than unnerve so overused i would i would argue against tyranitar so here's so here's my here's my argument for it Generation 2 is extremely important to those of us who have stuck with the game through its um through its entirety, right? Generation 2 is what separates people who just played Generation 1 were happy with that and 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 didn't like what followed. Those of us who continued to play who played Generation 2 and loved it are what the a lot of the fan base a lot of the adult fan but what comprises a large portion of the adult fan base of this of this um fandom i guess uh of this franchise um there's you know we're getting to the point where people who were in like elementary school when gen 3 came out are now like adults and that's terrifying to me um but i think 
it's still safe to say that the majority of the adult fan base of Pokemon had Gen 2 as its sort of uh, turning point, going from what was interesting to you as a kid to what was interesting to you as you grew up. And Tyranitar, I think, um, not only appears in the generation that is in that uh, transition period, but it also um, balances to... it being one of the sort of cool pseudo legendary Pokemon that's that's good in in competitive play makes it appeal both to kids because it's this hard to achieve Pokemon that I, I know when I was a kid, I liked those pseudo legendaries that were hard to evolve into because it felt like you had to be dedicated to this thing. And that was a new experience to me to level up a Pokemon that far. And it, I think it appeals to as you grow older, the um and I mean, some of that to me has has faded off as I'm an actual adult and I no longer find like edgelord Pokemon that interesting. But in that <laughs> transition period, when I was in, in middle and high school, I thought the 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 cool, um, strong Pokemon were very interesting. And Tyranitar exemplifies that a lot, I think. Will, what's what's your stance on Tyranitar? Uh, I just just think that it's like so overused, so out there, just it's become kind of bland. Yeah. That, I, you know, I agree. Like, I mean, in a competitive Yeah, but even, world. even like Tyranitar's mega evolution, like doesn't really benefit it in any way. It's kind of cool, but at the same time, it didn't, it wasn't impactful. Like low punny's mega evolution. My main argument for Tyranitar and why it's a, an important Pokemon to me is because I have, for the longest time since I was a kid, been a huge fan of Godzilla. Uh, excluding, of course, Godzilla 2000, which is by far the worst pile of <laughs> cinematic trash that has ever Is that the one with surfaced. Matthew Broderick or yes, whatever? Yes, it is. Yep, yeah. it's the one where Godzilla is essentially just a T-Rex, and that's it. But Tyranitar is like a... It's, it's like the closest Pokemon to Godzilla uh, that exists. And to me, when I... When, you know, growing up with Gen 1 and Gen 2 and everything really resonated with me because I was so into Godzilla. And the mega evolution for Tyranitar is even more awesome to me because it it borrows a lot from the construction of Mecha Godzilla, which is also an important part of that franchise. Um, on top of that, there's all kinds of really cool things about what it does and it's, you know, biology and things like that like it destroys mountains and lives in them and stuff like that uh, that i think helps build that godzilla like image for tyranitar and i think makes it a really awesome pokemon well we got two against unless will changes mine um two against two four so unless i'm not changing my mind on tyranitar so that basically no, means me it's struck, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's majority. It's. I feel like it's not going to come back to. You don't think so? To it, to, I, I don't see anybody coming back to it to argue anything further than what we've already argued. All right, well, we will strike it then. I mean, Tyranitar is cool. It breaks my heart, but I will accept. I mean, I look at most Pokemon where, like, Mega Evolution is like the here is here is your promotion. Here is for people to remember you. And when they did that Tyranitar, I was just like, okay, it sure. Of course you got it. Good for you. <laughs> but that's just me. Who nominated that? Me. 
God, so, okay. how, how sad is it that he went to promote it and it got destroyed? Hmm. <laughs> no, that's all right. I'm, I feel I mean, like my argument was pretty good. Yeah, I think so too. It was good. I appreciate the effort. I will nominate Paulucha actually as a Pokemon that could make it to the top ten. I, yes. Even before I got into wrestling, which was about two years ago now, when I played Generation Six. No joke, no exaggeration, because I didn't look at the Pokemon early. When I encountered Halucha uh, outside of the second gym, if I'm not mistaken, on my way to the third gym, somebody's going to correct me and go, well, actually, Route 7 was over here, so you would have had three badges. Um, but anyways, <laughs> when I encountered Halucha, it, w- it, was, it brought back a rush of memories of Generation 1 and Generation 2 before the internet before we saw all the Pokemon, and it was almost like that, I don't want to, like that rush of Golduck of, I have no clue what this is, I don't know if it's super rare, I don't know if it's common, like Pidgey, I just want it. That feeling of Halucha is something I hope that I get in Generation 7, and it's looking like I might not get that feeling, because Pokemon loves to show every single Pokemon they created before the game (laughs) comes out, but... Now that I love wrestling, that kind of solidifies that foundation for my love of Halucha, and I actually can't believe I forgot it on my list, but yeah, I like Halucha. Uh, I would also be in favor of Halucha. I think it is a beautiful and glorious and unique creature that deserves respect and understanding. I don't really love Halucha. Um, so an argument that I can't make, but I'll at least bring up, I'm white, so it doesn't matter really what I say in reference to this, but the <laughs> fact that it's just like cultural appropriation, the Pokemon, in the sense that it's like a luchador, and like some Japanese person is like, hey, this thing that uh, people make fun of all the time that's important to people in uh, in Mexico, uh, let's just profit off of it is kind of weird. Um, but then again, it doesn't matter because I'm a white person, so if my perspective on that really doesn't matter. But it's actually there are a lot of elements to it that it was inspired by Aztec culture, and and yeah. I would also argue that you do have a bit of a misunderstanding of luchador culture because maybe the people you know make fun of luchadors, but there are a lot of people that hold them in tremendous respect. That's what I, I'm. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. No, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying only people in Mexico. I'm saying, you know, there are a lot of people in this country who love luchadors and, and love the the lucha style of fighting. Regardless, that's not my my main argument. My main argument is that um, while it is a very enticing Pokemon, as Steve says, that when you when you encounter it, it is um, it feels like a Pokemon you want to have. But it does not deliver on that promise. The only interesting thing is that it learns flying press, which is a confusing move that is both flying and fighting <laughs> type at the same time. Um, it's extremely underwhelming when you actually have it on your team, and it and it and it uh, it feels like it's purely just a combination of flying and fighting, and like it doesn't have a it doesn't have a personality behind its concept of of being. A wrestling Pokemon, like I, I feel like it doesn't transcend out of that sort of mashup that it is. So you... I would argue that it does, though, because Luchadors typically in build, aside from a very small amount of Luchadors that are really ripped and very large, Luchadors are pretty small and quick 
and that's kind of their thing is that they that's kind of that that you know luchador training is to be fast and agile and hall lucha is i mean it's it's pretty quick and yeah, yeah it's, fine. it's fine put it on the list i just needed to, to show my descent because i don't really like the pokemon that much <laughs> no that's fine I mean, I don't. I'm probably not going to agree with every Pokemon on the list either. But oh, I just saw you try to put Golduck twice. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> double Golduck. Nice. Double go- Well, if we're if we're putting only birds on this what list, then this? yeah. Um, let's. That actually worked really well for acceleration purposes. Can we? Would you guys be cool if we each cut one Pokemon from our own list? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I could do that. Uh, we'll start with Micah, I guess, and go through there. I'm just going to cut Garchomp because I know that's an uphill battle and it's not worth it. <laughs> I was going to fight really hard against Garchomp. As you- cool as it is, as a missile-faced shark dragon, it's not worth the fight. Will, Pokemon you'd cut? Uh, I can let Flabebe go. I know it is beautiful and special what? to me, but it's not beautiful and special to a lot of other people. Really? What an upset. Yeah, crazy. I, was, I thought you would fight real hard for that. No, I'm honest. I'm honest. I know okay. that it's not the strongest thing out there. Okay. Travis? I'm going to cut Gorgeist, even though it's like my third favorite Pokemon. I have no defense for why it's cool other than it has multiple forms and uh, it's really cute. Like, I, like I, I, it's purely aesthetic and personal reasons that makes me like it, so I can't, I, I wouldn't be able to defend it. Okay. I am going to cut Politoed. I like Politoed a lot, but I couldn't defend why. I could defend Politoed just because of the split evolution thing, but that's the only thing I have going for it. And no one here seems shocked that I'm cutting it. So. <laughs> I thought you were going to cut Omanite because it's just a meme. <laughs> I, will, I will probably defend Omanite pretty hard, actually. But uh, do you, what do you, you guys want to do one round of uh, threatening other people's Pokemon? Yeah, let's get the knives back out. All right. <laughs> we, were, we were all too friendly and calm that section. So, Micah, going with you, any Pokemon you'd cut? Hmm. As much as I like Froakie, I feel like we've already addressed Froakie as a possible cut. And I don't feel like there's anything that we can say that's going to bring it back to a positive and put it on the list. As much as of those three starters, Froakie is my favorite of the three. I don't see it going on the list purely because it's already controversial. Yeah, I don't think you're going to be able to convince Will for that. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I would say that first, you have to think of the consequences of, of striking Froakie because I think we need a starter on the list to represent one of the most important things about the games, which is that you you play through the game and you grow with your starter Pokemon. And you already said that of the three, Froakie, of the three remaining, that's Cyndaquil, Chespin, Froakie, that Froakie is your favorite of those three. Oh, I so meant if, the three of X and Y. Well, Froakie is still the best of those three, regardless. <laughs> um, and if you, if you cut Froakie, you're compromising to... Um, to starters that are less interesting, I return to my point that um, Froki does very well what I think make for some of the best Pokemon designs, namely uh, Pokemon's particular brand of cute where 
well, Pokemon does have things that are um, traditionally ad- adorable that a lot of the Pokemon that come to be known as as cute are the ones that have something a little off about them that maybe don't, uh, in Froakie's case, has sort of like a blank expression or a oblivious expression. We're not including Gen 7 Pokemon in this, but as a reference, I would say Rowlet is a Pokemon that I and a lot of people completely love when it was announced, and I feel like um, Froakie represents that same um, type of adoration of a, of a Pokemon that seem or mimic you as well a pokemon that um you feel like you are defending it in your adoration because it seems like it has the world against it and you its trainer are going to train it and show the world that it's actually the greatest uh, pokemon of all um to show that the underdog has the ability to change the world and that's uh one of the things that pokemon is all about now let's get not get crazy here comparing any one pokemon on this list to mimikyu <laughs> yeah nope, nope 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 nothing compares to the beauty I, of that strange beautiful creature i uh totally get how much you like froakie travis but i and i'm probably the only person here without a starter on my list i don't starters just don't do it for me i don't i don't know I don't why really I feel like list. you have eevee which yeah i mean that's i feel like i'm just dishing out these like awesome defenses uh, but i'm just being cut down i would would say that you have one critical very critical error in your defense there is no requirement that there be a starter on the final list there's no requirement but i think we would all i think we would all be i think our list would be there would be a conspicuous hole in our list if we did not include a starter and i think uh, uh starters are an important thing i uh i mean i, if, I recall a, a a rather famous other list of 10 pokemon called <laughs> i believe the kalos 10 that had no starters on it that's that's i mean if you're gonna make if you are adamant for a starter on the list i would i would put Chespin on it i think and i would probably pick cyndaquil honestly. i i think greninja is the coolest out of the final evolutions but this isn't a this isn't a yes, fine a, knock froki off I'll contest just, between I'll just keep bleeding every time one of you <laughs> makes me defend a pokemon and i give the best like uh underdog defense i can and nobody nobody cares it's fine <laughs> i mean i had a pretty good def- reason for halucha and it wasn't even my my pokemon <laughs> yeah and i'm not saying i'm the only one we're all giving good defenses but um, it, it hurts it, yeah uh who uh, Will, so, who would, would, who would you next. cut? Uh, I'd say that Ducklet has to go. Um, I, I know Gen 5 is my favorite gen, and pretty much every Pokemon in Gen 5, except probably Gotharita and its line, are absolute wonders to me. But Ducklet is, you know, it's it's like the goofy, yes, the ugly duckling turns into the swan, but it just doesn't do much for me. So yeah. it can go. It, it's not even an ugly duckling, though. That's the problem. I know. It's a cutie duckling. Yeah, it's super it's cute. cute duck. Yeah, I like ducks a lot as of gold duck. <laughs> Somewhat. I really like birds, but that's why Farfetch is also on the list. Uh, I can I can see Ducklet going, but I just thought the whole ugly duckling swan thing was really cool, and I think that that evolution line, while it's so drastically different, I've, like if you look at Chespin and Chestnut and... That that all makes sense when you look at that evolutionary line. When if you were to separate and show somebody Ducklet and Swana, they probably wouldn't see why it would evolve. But at the same time, even though they're so drastically different, that evolution line s- still makes a hundred percent sense, and I think that's cool. 
even though I don't like Swana at all. But Ducklet's really cool. So I will cut the duck. Yeah, I think there are a lot of other Pokemon on the, this list that can make the same point. Like, I think Meowth can make the same point. I would, I mean, evolution. Meowth and Persian kind of still look very similar. But Yeah, but I think they make a similar point. Yeah. Uh, Travis, who would you cut? I'm going to ask the question um, that I'm sure all the listeners are asking. Why is Talonflame still in the running? <laughs> <laughs> Talonflame is awesome. <laughs> Not only is Talonflame one of the most uh, part of the archetype that's one of the most boring archetypes in all of uh, Pokemon design, namely the throwaway bird that you run into uh, at the beginning of the game, Um, but it also is an extremely uninspired design that's just like a bird that's kind of on fire. Um, If Talonflame didn't have the uh, Gale Wings ability, no one would remember this Pokemon at all. Okay, um, okay, but let me just point out that Talonflame does have the Gale Wings ability, and the fact that it is a major competitive uh, Pokemon that you can use that is a beautiful fire phoenix in the sky, but that anybody can get, right? That is its glory, that anybody can get a little fletchling and grow it up into a beautiful, beautiful flaming Talonflame, or, you know, in the end, Go to somebody's friend Safari and get the one with the hidden ability, so you can have Gale Wings or have Will breed you a Gale Wings Talonflame. <laughs> yeah, that is the, that is the critical error in your argumentation. Because if it were the if it were the first if it were a uh, primary ability, I would be totally with you. But it's not; it's a hidden ability. You have to work for it. So it's it 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 it, it could have been the Pokemon that is an acceptable an accessible Pokemon that anyone can get, but it's not right because uh, you have to get, have the Friend Safari version that has the hidden ability. And uh, although I although I agree that the competitive aspect of a Pokemon is is important for how we uh, determine certain Pokemon's being on the list, I think Talonflame is a, an example of a Pokemon that divorced from its competitive viability has no absolutely no leg to stand on and you need at least um in my eyes there has to have to be at least two rationales for why a pokemon should be on the list this only has one beautiful and a flame body talent flame will help you hatch eggs micah steve i would rather take pidgeot over talent flame if i'm if i'm talking straight birds also also pidgeot has the sweet one of the sweetest mega evolutions that gets forgotten about yeah, Just Mega wait Pidgeot till Talonflame awesome. gets a Mega Evolution, <laughs> and it's pure Listen, fire. You can like Gen One Pokemon without being a Gen Oneer. I disagree. That's <laughs> no, I love Oddish. I can't lie. <laughs> yeah, you have no Gen One Pokemon on your list. That's amazing. Are you a Gen Fiver? Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, so we're cutting Talonflame. I have no yes. real opinion about it, so that's a strike for me. Who? Oh, oh, my cut. I'm sorry, I was doing this highlighting for our just our eyes to make that easier. Um, if I was to cut a Pokemon, Will has a lot of Pokemon on this list. <laughs> I have like so few left. Yeah, but you have one on. You you have one on. Yeah. Yes. Um, I would probably. Why is Hydreigon here? He's, because he's so cool. He's a, a dark dragon. All right. The first of his kind. I I'll, I would not argue against Hydreigon at this point if we just cut Reuniclus now. I can let Reuniclus go. I can Ooh. let Reuniclus go. Wow. 
I mean, if, if that's the choice, Reuniclus can go into the flames. Hydrogen is a thousand Reuniclus. The flames of all of your remaining fire Pokemon? Micah, Maybe. let's do one more round of cuts. Micah, here you go. Oh, boy. Um, all right, Garbodor, really? Come on. Are we really? Uh, is this a conversation we even need to have? Y- yes. It's a cool design. And when I saw it, I was like, yo, they made a Pokemon out of garbage. That's awesome. <laughs> I think but beyond that initial <laughs> excitement, there's nothing else about it that I care about. It's I, it's I, a callback to things like muck and grimer. I yes. It's pandering and that's pretty much it. I think Garbodor Garb Odor, sorry, does a lot of things for Pokemon. I think one is it shows that people think Pokemon is a joke in a way, and this might sound really ironic, but let me hear let me hear me out here. A lot of people outside of the Pokemon world would go, "Oh, Pokemon is not creative anymore. Anything after the one f- first 151 are not original. What are they going to make a trash Pokemon next?" And it's and yes, Garbodor has existed for several years, and but we already made that argument for Vanillax. Yep, but Garbodor is literal trash you're right <laughs> you're absolutely right <laughs> get it off the list <laughs> travis Steve, i would have been i would have been with you until because i don't feel like i don't feel like saying uh yeah i would have been with you until micah made the point that we've already we already have the pokemon that represents that namely vanillux um see steve you shouldn't have let that slide so I yeah, I, if if all that it's, it has going for it is is eclipsed by the greatness of Vanillax, then take it off. I'll take it off. But Garbodor is I love Garbodor is like Muck, but just Garbodor. better in every way. And Muck Correct. Muck was already it's better than one Pokemon. And Muck was already pretty cool. I I like Garbodor a lot, but I wouldn't put. I don't yeah, think it, I I was in favor put in the top ten. I was in favor of Garbodor because uh, it's the only secret rare I ever pulled. Oh, that's not true. It was the second secret rare I ever pulled, and it was a beautiful, glorious card. <laughs> Will, your cut? Oh, boy. What do I have left? There's it's hard things to touch here. And well, there's and nothing on Micah's list that I want to take out anymore. Um, uh, I think Esper is over glorified for derpiness and nah, that can go. Micah, what's your stand on Esper? I I like Esper. I think it's the like blank stare is pretty cute, but I don't like it enough to argue in its favor, I guess. Travis? I liked Esper kind of when it was announced um and then when everyone fell completely in love with it i was just kind of confused i thought it was a fine pokemon to begin with and i but i just don't get it (laughs) i don't get what's so cool about it i think up to up to this point meowth persian perugly delcaddy skitty i think they were all very weak designed cat pokemon and obviously cats are the life of certain parts of the internet and i think esper was 
what everyone wanted. And I think Meowstic... Esper, also- Esper is the perfect internet cat, but to me, that's a very shallow thing. Yeah, and I think Esper actually, compared to other cat Pokemon, barely looks like a cat. <laughs> Agreed. Compared, compared to, like, Purloin? Come on. Yeah. yeah. And per- I, I get... Like, Purloin and Perugly are strong cat Pokemon, but not the cat Pokemon I want. Just like Rockruff is the dog Pokemon I want. And I would say that Rockruff and Esper are the two actual pets that I would want. That being said, I'm okay with cutting Esper because the, I, I would rather argue for the rest of the Pokemon surviving on my list. Who made that cut? Will? Me. Okay. Travis? I'm going to cut Shredinja. Hard no. Hard Oof. no. Oh, no. No. Shedinja has to stay. You didn't even let me give my argument. Oh, make your <laughs> argument. Hard no. Hard no. The only thing that makes Shedinja interesting is that it's a gimmick. There's no place for gimmick on our top 10 list. It's interesting how it evolves in a complicated way where you need an extra slot open and you need, depending on the generation, you need an extra Pokeball. I didn't even know that. Um, it's interesting that it has one HP and it has Wonder Guard, so it only takes damage if it's super, if a move is super effective against it. You can't pile gimmick atop gimmick atop gimmick and make an interesting Pokemon. I mean, you can, and that and that is kind of successful here. But I but I don't think you can pile gimmick upon gimmick upon gimmick and get a an iconic Pokemon. And our list isn't supposed to be cool Pokemon that we kind of like. This is supposed to be the top 10, and I don't think that... I don't think that Clever makes for a top 10 Pokemon. I would argue that Shedinja is not a Pokemon that I kind of like. It is in my top three favorite Pokemon of all time because there is literally no Pokemon like it. There is no Pokemon that that has the path that it has, and I think that makes it really interesting. I would like to see more Pokemon have interesting ways of entering your journey because right now everything pretty much everything is just you level it to a certain point you trade it you use a stone yeah but that's manufactured interest i think i think that interest that comes um from just the interaction with the pokemon with its aesthetic and with and with its design is a lot uh, deeper of an interest it's a lot more meaningful of an interest than something that's that's produced mechanically i think that's sort of artificial and um uh hollow and i would say in support of micah if i had had more than 24 hours to think about my list shedinja shedinja would probably be on it i I think shedinja is an amazing pokemon i think we italicize it for now because i'm on travis's side and that's two versus two i don't know why hydrogen got italicized i sacrificed rayu nicholas just because we talked about him i just italicize is not what we talked about i i am uh a huge fan of shedinja for several reasons so um okay we'll come back to that well i have conceded to a lot of them shedinja is one that i will not concede to but if you want to argue against it further well i mean we uh, can spend more time on shedinja or we can just whittle down the list even more right because yeah we could just cut four more and then all of a sudden like shedinja's a shoe in but like we can come back um travis was that your cut shedinja yeah yes my cut would probably be Cyndaquil 
And that's really f- ironic because I got Will a Cyndaquil plush for his birthday. So I know how much Will likes Cyndaquil. But I, out of your list, Will, I would t- take Chespin over Cyndaquil in any kind of starter sense. Yeah, I'll give you that. Cyndaquil is another one that's special to me, but doesn't have to be special to everybody. So I can let it go. Oh, I like Cyndaquil so much more than Chespin, but all right, I'll I'll, I'll fall in line. <laughs> the 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 authoritarian march of Chespin rolls over another <laughs> another innocent bystander. Was that one round of cuts or two rounds of cuts? Nah, that was two. All right, Micah, anyone on somebody else's list that you would want to see go into the top ten? Actually, before you do that, let's talk about the Pokemon still up here. So we have Farfetch and Omanite on my list. We have Meowth, Pylos. Well, including Chandelure and Golduck that are already on the top 10. Yeah, yeah. So top 10 so far are Vanillix, Golduck, Chandelure, and Halucha. On my list, I have Farfetch'd and Omanite. Travis has Meowth, Pyloswine, and Heracross. Will has Chespin, Victini, Volcarona, and Hydreigon. And Micah has Gengar, Sheninja, Giratina, and Aegislash. With, or so sorry, Micah, anyone you want to see go on? I would actually go for, in response to the elimination of Esper, I would actually go for Meowth. I think that Meowth is iconic enough of a Pokemon. I think that it is uh, as much of a staple to the franchise as Pikachu is, and I think that it's a pretty cool cat Pokemon. I like the the lore behind it, and I think it, it deserves a spot. I was going to argue against Meowth and say that Meowth is special to Travis, and yeah, it's cute in the cartoon, but nah, as a Pokemon, nah, it's more of a marketing tool. I think Meowth is real great and cleverly used in Pokemon Shuffle. I think Payday is something that for existing for 20 years is still unique and special to Meowth. And I like that a lot. And so I could, yeah, I could see Meowth going to the top 10. In Will to, um, to change your mind, to show you that Meowth is more than a Pokemon that's special to me and interesting on the show i'll argue that it it has merits uh divorced from its anime and and film portrayals it's an important pokemon to uh an aspect of of gen one that i think a lot of people like which is this um the fact that gen one can quickly switch between this um feeling of you're sort of in a prairie with pokemon like uh pidgey uh, to now you're in a city and you're encountering uh, you're encountering Mux and you're encountering Magnemite. But I think most importantly, you're encountering Meowth because Meowth is uh, the Pokemon that um, that steals your money. This is a Pokemon that has that has adapted to uh, human life, and I feel like that atmosphere uh, is very important. I think that atmosphere is very different without Meowth, and I think Meowth is important for that reason. Um, Again, Meowth is extremely important in the anime uh, to a lot of people, and Meowth is really cute. So, there. Opinion not changed, but whatever. Three to one. Move it on. <laughs> I will <laughs> move it on. Who is... Who? 
made that. Uh, Will, who would you nominate? For going forward? Yeah, not on your list. <sighs> That's so hard. Um, Muath. Gengar. I'll go with Gengar. Once again, uh, hey. he's, he's, he's real cool. Uh, he's got, like, strange typing that a lot of people easily forget that Gen- what Gengar is. Uh, his mega evolution is super awesome. And he's another one in Pokemon Tournament that I love to play because his ultimate, or whatever you want to call it, his burst, basically takes you to a bizarre Gengar dimension where he picks you up and drops, him in his ma- drops you in his mouth and swallows you. So I love Gengar. And the Gengar painting in 649 Monsters was possibly one of the best there. Travis, how do you feel about Gengar? I like Gengar. Um, I like it a lot. I wouldn't be opposed to it being in the top 10. Um, If you had a great argument against it, I'd I'd hear it. I don't have an argument against it. I don't know why I'm not jumping on the... Let's put Gengar it's because on the we already, list. It's because we already have two Gen 1 Pokemon, and it seems strange to, to load up the list like that, but... And also, like, I'm also strange out because, like, my last two Pokemon are Gen 1 Pokemon, and I... Yeah, and neither of them are making the list, and we all know that. <laughs> uh, wow. We'll get to those, I guess. Uh, Gengar was the original cover of the Pokemon podcast art. Uh, the purple from Gengar was important to me because purple was one of the primary colors. I, I guess we move them on. I just don't feel confident about that as I felt with the, let, the first if five. Omanite onto the top ten. I think I have. Then I will. I will have failed. I think I have a really <laughs> good argument for Omanite. I'm sure you. I'm sure you do, and I'm not gonna let it happen. I think out. <laughs> I think out of all the Pokemon on my list, I have the strongest argument for Omanite. We'll get to Omanite when we get to Omanite. Or uh, do we want to move Gengar onto the list? Yeah, I would. I would move him down. Yep. You Tra- haven't given me a reason to to not. Gengar moves down. Uh, Travis, you get a pick. I'm gonna nominate Victini. I think Victini is the point at which um, the Pokemon Company and Game Freak. I, I imagine Pokemon Company does most of the sort of promotional distributions more than Game Freak. I think that's where they figured out how to best distribute that type of Pokemon. I know that sounds like a weird reason to say the top ten. Um, but I think Victini represents one of the coolest things about Pokemon, which is that you can have something that is simultaneously um, possessed by a ton of people, and yet it still feels rare and special and unique, even though everyone has the same thing. Um, the, the the way that Pokemon are designed, the way that they're obtained, uh, makes them feel unique to you, even if that's not necessarily the case. And I think Victini, with its being uh, distributed initially as um, limited to to those people who bought it, who bought the game when it came out, which sounds like something that's very limiting, when in reality is virtually everyone who gets the game, um, makes it perfect in... Uh, communicating one of the most important experiences of a Pokemon, which is making you feel like these Pokemon are yours and they're special. Um, it's also really cute, so I like it. And and also, just so for people who haven't played original Black and White, to explain beyond the fact that you know it was a limited distribution to the people who first bought Black and White, you didn't. It wasn't a distribution just like oh, you download Victini onto your cartridge. 
what you got was a ticket for a special boat that took you to yeah. a lighthouse island where you had to first um, defeat Team Plasma, who were trying to get into the lighthouse island, and then discover that the lighthouse keeper had trapped Victini in his basement um, to keep him safe, and you actually had to battle Victini to convince him that you were good and wanted to help him, and then he would become part of your team. So it wasn't just a simple distribution, but you actually had to earn your Victini. And there's just like everything about Victini is so glorious because he's so cute and whatever. But then you get him angry and he does a V create at you and you understand what punishment means. And I would and I would argue that I think I would I would just want to get one more thing. And I would also argue make a similar argument to what I said about Slurpuff that Victini, I think, represents a lot of the design philosophy of Generation 5 generally, at least in terms of its aesthetics. Um, so I think it's that's another reason for which it's notable, because it has that um, the sort of sunshiny aspect to it. Micah, what do you feel about Victini? I am less interested in Victini than I am in Selby, but more interested than Jirachi. And <laughs> in that respect, I feel like it's a win. I if Travis didn't nominate Victini, I would have. I think Victini was one of the strongest promotional Pokemon before a game came out and did nothing but good before that series dropped and has done nothing but good since. Well, and I really liked the introduction to Victini mostly because it harkened back to a lot of the uh the event like the location based event stuff that they did in previous generations that we didn't it was either really convoluted for us or we didn't get and it was kind of cool to get that like right off the bat uh we have seven pokemon on the top 10 vanillax golduck chandler halucha meowth gengar victini moving along there's a lot of gen 1 pokemon here there's only 3 yeah i guess and I would say that Gen 1 has a renewed interest with Pokemon Go. So I feel like... Yeah. We have it's not up for game. debate Farfetch, Ammonite, Piloswine, Heracross, Chespin, Volcarona, Hydreigon, Sheninja, Giratina, and Aegislash. I guess before we move to back to Cutthroat, I have to nominate a Pokemon. I don't... Out of this list, I guess... I would give you guys Sheninja. Yeah. Yes. Oh, really? Yes. I and I'm only saying that maybe because you guys are so adamant about it, and hopefully in the future you hear me out about the one last Pokemon I want to get on the list. But well, your hopes are dashed. But one more thing <laughs> yeah. I would say in favor of Sheninja. I think part of Travis's argument against Sheninja is informed by his existing knowledge of how Shedinja comes about. But can you imagine being a kid and you evolve your ninjask and, you know, all of a sudden, hey, wait, there's this extra Pokemon on my team. What happened? And then you find out there's this cool Shedinja Pokemon there and how like wonderful and what a wondrous moment that creates for people who are unaware of how that that's how you get a Shedinja and it just appears. I, yeah, I fine. Put so it on fantastic. our list of top ten smoke and mirrors. Love it. Right? <laughs> top ten magic tricks. Top ten. Uh, top ten vape tricks. Pokemon edition. Love it. Great. Put it on. Uh, 
I guess now we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Pokemon. Shedinja probably would vape. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, there's whatever. We have Zoroark and Lucario would. Call. I'm not. All right. Zoroark and Lucario would be vapors way before Shedinja would. That's let's be clear. About probably that. true. All right. We have we have two spots left, if my math is correct, and we have nine Pokemon left on this list. I feel like whatever we've been doing for the last hour ramped up really quick. Yeah, I, th- I think I like every Pokemon on this list is great. So hopefully our listeners don't think we're just like crapping on Pokemon because because we dislike them. I oh, mean, I'm about to crap on Omanite because I dislike <laughs> Omanite. All right, let's hear I it. I would say, let's just let- as a disclaimer, I, there are no pokemon on this list of 40 or 39 whatever that i legitimately don't like or Except like that I, legitimately I mean you hate. you slice lotad real quick i mean it's the one that i like the least of these there are a few pokemon that i like actually hate of all of them that exist none of them are on this list you're saying i think that there's merit in the majority of these but we got to get down to 10 do we want to have the omanite conversation now the, I feel like we're gonna. I mean, like we could keep Travis going. And, this is getting real, real we could, hot. About we could it keep already. going in circles, but we have we have nine Pokemon left in two spots. So I, Omen, what have Pokemon's twenty years old, and Omanite is one of the Pokemon, one of the first one hundred and fifty Pokemon that fit under the twenty year merit. It is almost old enough to rent a car. A lot of Pokemon get forgotten about. I would say that Lopunny is one Pokemon that got completely forgotten about. And I'm sure there's three listeners that are like, no, I've, I've never forgot about Lopunny. But Huntail is like another Pokemon that gets completely forgotten about all the time. And I would argue that Omanyte fit that, fit that bill, especially when it was compared to a Pokemon like Kabuto, which evolves into Kabutops, which is cooler than Omastar. I'm not arguing Omastar here. I'm just arguing Omanyte. Omanyte, while it became this meme thing of Lord Helix, Omanyte didn't get any special treatment from the Pokemon company. It didn't get a mega evolution. It didn't get any promotional or advertising like Zoroark, like Lucario. It didn't get a mega evolution like Tyranitar or Garchomp. Omanyte survived 20 years, and because of the community, because of Twitch Plays Pokemon and other things, Omanyte became its own star. It proved that after 20 years that a Pokemon that was forgotten about 20 years ago and was forgotten about for 20 years could become popular and could actually have fans be excited when they encounter it in the future. There is no other Pokemon that really fit that at all up to this point. I think that's a fair defense. But I don't think it's efficient to make it a top 10 Pokemon, and my reasons why. First, the fact that it was forgotten, despite being um, a Pokemon kind of like, in a lot of ways, like uh, Shedinja. It has a lot sort of special things going for it. The fact that it's a fossil type. Uh, fossil type. The fact that it's a fossil Pokemon, that you get your choice of one or the other, means that it it should have been one of the most memorable Pokemon, and yet it's it's so bland, it's so unappealing uh, aesthetically that it still managed to be forgotten about despite being 
uh, one of the most mechanically interesting Pokemon, at least in terms of how you get it, is telling about how poor the design of the Pokemon is. Second, I would argue that um, your point about that its popularity was revived is has it has a fatal flaw in that the 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 thing that was that was funny and 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 cool about the meme wasn't about the Pokemon Omen. I, it was about the fossil before it. No one thinks <laughs> no one thinks praise Omanite. They think praise Helix, right? Like like that's the thing that's been revived. That's the obscure thing um, about Gen One that was revived through Twitch Plays Pokemon. Not Omanite in and of itself. I think you would find most people, if you asked a lot of people, what does a lot? I would say that it, the fact that there are people out there who know the Helix fossil but can't remember the name of the Pokemon that it 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 develops into, which I mean I can't prove to you that those people exist, but they probably do. Um, the fact that they might exist, I think, is also telling about the insignificance of Omanite. And then I would argue that even if I'm willing to concede that a the fact that it fell out of existence um, originally isn't enough to show that it doesn't deserve to be on this list, and b that it's not even the most um, salient thing about that meme about its revival. Even if you're, even if you, if somehow both of those arguments are are, are taken down, I would say that if even if I grant your complete story that that it's beautiful that this Pokemon was revived in terms of the public consciousness. That says next to nothing about the Pokemon itself. Um, it says more about the community of Pokemon. It says more about the fan base that developed around this sort of um, auxiliary Twitch Plays Pokemon fandom um, than it does about the Pokemon itself. And none of those people are liking Omanyte for Omanyte. They like Omanyte because of the strange Ludo narrative that's built around it, which I don't think really says anything about the Pokemon. I don't think even all of this attention gives Omanyte any sort of personality despite all of the people trying to apply a personality to it. Uh, all I will add to Travis's fantastic arguments are you would have had more luck with Bird Jesus, brother. I agree. I think, I think no. I mean, you look at, I, I would argue that all the, all six Pokemon in Twitch plays Pokemon matters. There are a ton of people that would say Twitch plays Pokemon was stupid. It was just a fad. It didn't matter, but it did like Twitch plays Pokemon is just as important as Pokemon Go, just as important as any other Pokemon event. There were a lot of people that were super against Switch Plays Pokemon, like Kenny. He hated it. And that's fine. I'm not, I'm not saying that you needed to like Twitch Plays Pokemon, but Twitch Plays Pokemon was one of the most important things that mattered for Pokemon and the Pokemon community. That being said, those out of those six Pokemon, that lasted to the end a lot of pokemon got released and a lot of accidents happened but the helix fossil was there from the beginning well since mount moon and made it all the way to the end they were able to take it to the research factory actually evolve it get it train it take it to the elite four and i could maybe make that argument for bird jesus or Nido King or any or Lapras or any of the other Pokemon, but those Pokemon already had a pretty good following. Like a lot of people know Pidgeot, a lot of people know Lapras, and Omanyte was forgotten about. And a lot of Pokemon, there's 700 now, a lot of Pokemon are forgotten about. And Mega Evolutions and certain promotions help those Pokemon stand out. And 
Ammonite, if it wasn't for Twitch Plays Pokemon, Ammonite would still be the Huntail of Gen 1. It would still be forgotten. And now you see that, like, even in PokemonCenter.com, Ammonite has its own pin. You don't see a pin for Huntail. You don't see a pin for Lopunny. And Lopunny got the Mega Treatment, and it's still, like, not as vital as Omanite has become. I would argue that Omanite is no longer vital, that, that anyone who, that at one point it was vital, and but that the type of resurgence that Twitch Plays Pokemon gave it was more of a flash in the pan than a, than a, redur- than an, in, than an enduring uh, vitality that, that, I mean, when I think of Omanite, I, I mean, I wasn't the hugest fan of Twitch Plays Pokemon. I liked it. I thought it was interesting, um, but I wasn't as big of a fan as you, for example, but when I think of Omanite, I think of a stale meme. I don't even think about the Pokemon anymore. I, I, I think Twitch Blaze Pokemon did more detriment to Omanite as a Pokemon than it did uh, benefit. And I think it leaves the Pokemon um, worse than forgotten. It's it's annoying to think about for me and I think of a lot of other people because it just was this, this meme that was repeated so often um, and became uh, grating to hear. And if anybody loves memes, it's me and Travis. Yeah, yeah. If we don't like this meme, that says a a lot. That's a bad meme. I mean, most of my personally, my my reaction to that is immediately that I feel like labeling something a meme has become a meme in itself as a rebuttal to something that a lot of people have an interest in, but a small group of people don't. And I feel like the amount of interest that is put into Omanite through through the course of the interest that was gained in Twitch Plays Pokemon, regardless of what you want to call it, it was interest nonetheless. And it was interest that a lot of people had. Yeah, but you're using past tense, and I think that's telling, that 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 interest is gone. With Pokemon Go now, I I mean, I've been out. I've been out with Micah. There, There were 400 people in one place in Milwaukee playing Pokemon Go, and I can tell you that 90% of them have had zero interest in Pokemon before Pokemon Go, but I can tell you one thing. I guarantee you that the 90% of those people know Omanyte, just like they know Charmander, just like they know Squirtle, just like they know Bulbasaur. You know what they probably don't know? Farfetch. And Farfetch is one of my favorite Pokemon, but I think that Farfetch in itself, like I would cut Farfetch right now and just keep Omanyte, and a lot of people, they know that Farfetch is one of my top favorite Pokemon. That's why it was in D&D. But that goes to my original point of like Farfetch hasn't gotten any special treatment. It's it probably never will get special treatment. It will never get a mega evolution and Omastar will probably never get a mega evolution. And that's fine. But Ammonite did that on its own 20 years later. It didn't do it on its own. It had a it had a huge uh artificial boost from this um from this twitch plays pokemon phenomenon that yeah from the community and like everything about pokemon is community like pokemon go is a terrible game if you're just playing it by yourself the best part about pokemon go is going to lake park in milwaukee and seeing 400 other people play pokemon go like no one in twitch plays pokemon started that game and went we need to get the helix fossil like that is the, the preferred fossil it was an accident and everyone accepted that and omanite went on that journey and became a became a meme yeah but like what pokemon isn't a meme at this point i think that's a beautiful story i think it is i think it, it's it's uh i think you're correct that it that the community is extremely important to pokemon i don't think that that is the pokemon community i think that it that the that twitch plays pokemon was was wildly popular but 
uh, it was not even close to the overall community of Pokemon, which is much, much larger than it. And if we're going to pick something that highlights the Pokemon community, we don't pick something that that's that's a highlight of a strange subset of it that that not everyone even enjoyed. Like like if we're going to to pick a Pokemon that was an underdog that the the community rallied around and really liked, then we wouldn't have knocked out Esper. We've already knocked out Esper, and uh, an Omanite is is an example of a smaller, strange niche that doesn't represent the overall Pokemon community. And I think putting it on the list would frankly be not a uh, glorification of the Pokemon community and what Pokemon can do to revitalize interest, but but just a, a glorification of a phenomenon that was at best tangential to Pokemon and what it means. I not still not ready to cut it. Cut it. Omanite has to go. Micah. I am have I'm having a really hard time agreeing with the opposing arguments and I feel like I'm still in support of Omanite. Alright. I mean we can keep debating Omanite, but let's I, there's two it's two versus two. Let's move on to another Pokemon. Who thought yeah. there would be <laughs> such a hot debate for Omanite? My goodness. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because it's terrible and it shouldn't be on this list. The fact that you think <laughs> the fact that you're surprised that there was a hot debate about it means that you already can see that it's that it has no place. I on mean, this there's list. there's three on the final list that I would be I would go back and cut. I would cut Sheninja, I would cut Gengar, I would cut Meowth. I'm just I'm just saying. Like we don't all have it's to agree. How did Shadin how did Shadinja get on the list? Didn't we it's didn't Steve and I Because I had to pick one part of I had to pick one that God. wasn't my other Pokemon, so I picked Shininja. Ugh. Uh, so all right. what what, what, are we, what are we doing we're, now? We're just, what? Well that was Omanite was open discussion, so let's openly discuss another Pokemon, I guess. I I I'll start it. Heracross can go. Yeah, Heracross is uh Hot garbage in the <laughs> trash. Everybody knows Pinsir is better. Pinsir is better in every uh, way. I want to hear. I, had, as, I mean, I'll say off the bat that I don't have like a great supporting argument for it, but I do have a fond memory of Heracross, or just fond memories in general of when they were debuting Gen two, and a lot of it was coming out through other means like the show and things like that before we actually got them in the game or that before we actually got the games at least in the u.s and that was one of the few first gen 2 pokemon that i saw uh without actually seeing them in the game and it was pretty exciting but aside from that i don't have any like real love loss for heracross It'd be an uphill battle, and Heracross was, was like number nine on my list or something. I'm I'm fine with taking it off. All right. Are we just uh, at this point just arguing? Like, yeah, we're just it's, it's all open discussion. I, yeah, it's I all think open. Garatina can go. Garatina is just okay. Old, old school, you know. I think of Garatina, and I think, oh my god, that thing is going to be so annoying to knock out. Like that is the first <laughs> thing I think about Garatina about how annoying it is to deal with battling and the fact that i think about battles before i think about anything else about the pokemon despite all they try to do with the distortion world and all of the you know it's it's about like um void and and like and other dimensions and yet i don't even think about those things and i just think that it's ugly and um annoying to deal with means that it is a failure in my opinion <laughs> and it's the pokemon devil so i 
it's it to me it's there's a lot of uh personal interest that i have in it mostly because it it is inspired by a lot of the things that i like you know things in pop culture that i've been a big fan of um yeah it representing the other world or the upside down or you know and and i like it a lot for that specifically but for other things as well like the you know its abilities to go through the other world through reflections and things like that and i i if it's not clear from my list i like ghost pokemon a lot <laughs> which i didn't really realize until i was writing this list but i do like that it's uh it's a ghost dragon like that's that's pretty cool to me but i it's not something that i'm i feel like i could really defend enough yeah, I, I would can't. not be heartbroken if it didn't make it. I think Garatino's the opposite of Arceus and didn't do a good enough job being the opposite. I would argue, though, and this is probably going to start a different debate, which we can maybe have at a different time, that Giratina of the uh, front-of-the-box Pokemon is probably one of the coolest. Oh, no. <laughs> We don't have time for this debate. Just because Kirim and Zekrom are cooler. Ho-Oh and Lugia are cooler. Eveltal is cooler. Xerneas is cooler. This is the worst. I think we cut Chespin. No other starter has made the list. I don't get why Chespin made it. Chespin can go. I think Chespin is a great representation of what you want in a starter Pokemon because... It is very clearly like your friend and companion, and you know it's not a pet. It's it, you know it's bipedal. It it's just like a cute little buddy to have with you, and I think that's why a lot of people love Chespin. But I'm okay to let it go in comparison to other things here. All right, we got Farfetch, Ammonite, Piloswine, Volcarona, Hydreigon, Aegislash, Travis, sell me on Piloswine. I'm surprised it's still. Uh, it was never argued. I'm surprised <laughs> it still hadn't been, <laughs> been brought up. Um, Piloswine is my favorite Pokemon for a few reasons. Um, one, I think it is a uh, great example of how you can build a Pokemon around its typing, that you can take ice and ground these things that that don't seem to fit together in any way, and then think, well... Uh, Willy Mammoth or, or, or those types of, of creatures are sort of evocative of both ground and ice, the fact that they were alive in the Ice Age um, and the, the, these sort of uh, brown mammalian hulking things. And yet, you, you know, you take these two concepts, you mash them together, uh, and then you figure out how to build the design out of that. And I feel like that's uh, what a lot of Pokemon are in Piloswine um, is a great example, um, and I would say one of the coolest. Pyloswine is also one of the best uh, second stage, uh, in my opinion, one of the coolest second stage evolution Pokemon, um, a stage that often gets forgotten because the second stage is so often um, something that is purely a transitional period. And the fact that Pyloswine was originally the final evolution until Gen 4 introduced Mamoswine means that the whole swin up to Mamoswine with Pyloswine in the middle line um, each of them has its distinct personality, uh, with Piloswine being very different from its um, predecessor and um, and what and and Mamoswine, um, in that it has the 
the type of uh, appeal of a Pokemon that um, that doesn't seem that it's not outward facing. It's not like a it's not like a uh, cute Pokemon that's like looking out and it's like its design is not meant to make you think it's cute. Its design is in the world. It, it feels like an animal that that is indifferent to you. And the fact that it's one of few Pokemon that feels like that is very cool. Um, and I feel like it's a Pokemon that you can learn to love a lot. I certainly have. And I feel like that's a lot of what makes a Pokemon good is that you learn to love it over time. Pilot Swine is a perfect example of that because it doesn't try to make you like it from the beginning. Yeah. Still think it's very idiosyncratic to Travis. Micah. I have never had any real interest in Pilot Swine. I, I knew I wasn't winning that one, but I had to defend. <laughs> it's my favorite Pokemon. It was a great defense. It was a really solid yeah, defense. Yeah, I still, I'm not on the pile of swine bandwagon, but a fun story for our listeners is when Travis initially emailed me, he spelled pile of swine wrong. Yeah, and it's really embarrassing. <laughs> I spelt it as pillow swine, <laughs> which, is the, which is the cardinal sin. No, that, that email that you sent is like one of the most adorable things in the yeah, world. Yeah, we'll have to read it on the show and I'll be embarrassed or whatever. It's super adorable. <laughs> it was, it's like... I was like 17 or something, 16, 17. Yeah, you were pretty young. I mean, I was young too and I was, I was, I was dumb. I'm still dumb, but it, it, it's such a good moment in history of how much this show has grown. Yeah, I was a super fan of this show. And look where you are now, and now debating now <laughs> Ammonite's existence. Getting furious at you that you think Ammonite is one of the ten best Pokemon of all time. <laughs> or that it represents the Pokemon community. That is insulting to me. Strangely enough, I've never enjoyed this program at all. <laughs> wow. Uh, my favorite was when I was on an episode for the first time and I asked Will if he had heard it and I asked his opinion and he said, I don't listen to any episode that I'm not on. I think you should all listen to the episodes you're on because it makes you better podcasters or at least I hope that I have become a better podcaster. <laughs> Let's talk about Aegislash. Why, why is this Pokemon still here? Well, I feel Aegislash is transformative. I think it's it's just an incredible... Well, besides the fact that it actually literally does transform between its attack form and its defense form during battle based on the type of move that you're about to use or that you've just used, uh, I, I just think that unique and special uh, aspect to it um, is a real sort of setting stone for what can be done to keep Pokemon interesting and to sort of set a foundation for what can happen in the future if they keep up with that type of creativity. So it's both an enjoyable uh, and beautiful Pokemon to have on your team, but also, you know, it 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 works in competitive, you know, that it, it actually, you know, you can have it on a competitive team and survive and do good work with an Aegislash. They're, they're really hard to work against unless you really know what you're doing. Um, so I would, uh, I, I, yeah, I really like Aegislash a lot, but I also have a, a, a penchant for ghost Pokemon as does Micah. I don't like Aegislash as, I mean, I like Aegislash, but I don't feel like it fits in the top 10 first because aesthetically, I think it is a very busy design. Um, there's so many loops and circles that it's, um, uh, that it, that it hurts the eyes a little bit. Second, I think 
I think that while there is some validity to Will's argument in favor of it, that um, the uniqueness of how it operates is um, a potential for where the game can evolve in the future, I don't necessarily think that it is a while it is a possibility of where to go, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a great choice to do that. I don't think making the game more complicated. Uh, I think it is, I think that's rarely a good choice, uh, especially if it's just making the game more complicated for one Pokemon's sake, because it, it purely becomes a, if you as a player remember how this Pokemon operates, then you will be more successful as opposed to introducing a mechanic that makes playing the game more fun. It doesn't make playing the game more fun unless you are in one of the few circumstances where you're playing with or against an Aegislash. And I think that's um, a worthless complication to something that has little to no impact overall. If you want to make the game more interesting going down the line, you make larger changes to to the gameplay or 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 larger streamlined uh, streamlinings to the gameplay to make it more elegant um or to um to make it a better experience and i don't think making one complicated pokemon uh is at all a great step forward in making the game better i think think the the it's a it's it's like a like a low low like a softer form of presenting different forms in a situation like combat where nothing else really has that kind of mechanic where it it actively changes in combat based on what it's doing and i think that that like will is saying is potential for making battle more interesting rather than just look at like visually interesting rather than just looking at some static creatures staring at each other until one of them does something. Even beyond that, there are lots of things about Aegislash that I am personally in love with. It, next to Gengar, is my favorite Pokemon. And the reason for that is because it's it's just... It's the perfect storm for me of what it's based on and what it does that it's so far up my alley that it's it's parked in the driveway. It's just such a, like the, the idea that it's based a lot on Excalibur and the sword and the stone, and that it has this ability to determine who is destined to be King based on their qualities and things like that. I am a very big fan of fantasy, low and high fantasy and Arthurian legends and stuff like that. If anybody who's, if anybody's seen my, Twitch channel, then they know 100% that that's the case. I grew up with a lot of Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering and like high fantasy stuff. And I've grown to love a lot of low fantasy stuff too. And I really like that this combines that, those interests with a pre existing interest in Pokemon. And on top of that, it's a ghost type. It's, uh, you know, it does really interesting things in battle, I think. Just generally, I'm in love with it. Before your argument, I would have been a hard no on Aegislash. But your argument was really good and strong. First, think that somehow you have gotten the most Pokemon on the list from your picks. I mean, I wasn't going to say anything. If if we minus our our tie of Chandelure, you have three. Will and I have one. Travis has two. Uh, 
That being said, I think Age of Slash is a complicated design. I think it's complicated in battle. I think Honage is a stronger representation of that line. Uh, Dual Blade is garbage, but your <laughs> argument, your argument for Age of Slash is super good, and I respect that, and I want to agree with you. But at the same time, I feel like you and Will also agreed on Sheninja. And Travis and I were against Sheninja, and you and Will agreed on Aegislash, and I think the Aegislash argument, and technically Travis and I are against Aegislash, I think the Aegislash argument far surpasses any argument you had for Sheninja, and I feel like Sheninja should be removed, and Aegislash should be replaced with it. If that's the motion, I will, I would be. If, if, that's, if that's what happens, I'd be fine with removing Sheninja in favor of Aegislash. I think Aegislash is better than Sheninja. I'm okay with that. Will? I'm not okay with that, but uh, that's three against one, so... The upset Aegislash makes it up. The upset. What a turnaround. All right. So, pretty much, Micah has... Rest in peace. If we're going to have one gimmick Pokemon, at least be the cooler one. (laughs) They're all gimmicks. They're all gimmicks. All right, we have... If we're going to have one mechanical gimmick Pokemon, at least it would be the cooler one. We still have eight, and we have four Pokemon left. Farfetch, Omanyte, Volcarona, Hydreigon. I'm willing to cut Farfetch to make Omanyte work. No, uh, Farfetch'd is your better choice. Uh, a Farfetch'd is your better choice. Omanyte I would argue will that never too. be on this list. I would argue that too. As much as I argued in favor of Omanyte, I would argue that Farfetch'd is a better choice for this list. Omanyte... Especially because it has significance to the show. Yes, totally. And I would love both to be on the list, but I know Will's will fight very hard for either Volcarona or Hydreigon. That being said... Even if you ignored the success that Omanyte got from Twitch Plays Pokemon and just look at Omanyte being relevant again. That's... You, can't, you can't ignore what made it relevant and focus that it's no, I, the, focus on it as being the, relevant. The that doesn't make any sense. Point, you can't divorce those The changes. point I'm making is that Omanyte proves that a Pokemon can become popular even after so many years and pokemon not giving it special treatment but it's the fact that it's popular among people that probably haven't played uh, against a group of people that as a whole probably haven't played more than the first set of games a group of people that probably are I mean, Micah, Micah and I are hardcore Pokemon fans, and we watch Twitch plays Pokemon from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, a lot. I mean, of, I, I, did, I mean, I did too, but but I think that I think that uh, uh, that I think what you're arguing portion. is that the majority of the people who watched it were not people that are fans like Steve and I are. Right, and I think, or like the majority, and I think that, of, and I think that majority looks down upon those of us who actually uh, play through the rest of the game, and and. And a lot of them are the the like the Gen One or type that that are sort of not open minded to the fact that the game has improved over time. And I think if we're gonna say Omanyte is one of the best Pokemon, you're validating it. Uh, if your argument is that Omanyte is an example of how the community can build a Pokemon up from obscurity, that is not the Pokemon fan community. That's that's a a separate entity altogether. I th- Farfetch is a better Pokemon. I, I, I think that 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 does speak for something like po- like Pokemon Go wouldn't be as successful with just hardcore Pokemon players. I 
think that the community know that our listeners know that I love Farfetch and Farfetch is a great Pokemon and hopefully one day Farfetch would get a mega evolution to you know build and give it that relevance again but at the same time besides being a duck with a leak I can't tell you why Farfetch is good Farfetch besides is besides being a Pokemon that wasn't relevant and then was there's nothing about Omanite itself that makes it good but Omanite is like it was definitely of its added of its time, it was unique in that it was one of very few Pokemon that had fossil evolutions, and it was something that you got early on as a as a choice that you had to make. And it's one of, it and it's and I think a lot of people would agree that it's the lesser of those two choices. Right. Ooh, that I don't know that I can. Yeah. Those with. three choices, rather, if you count uh, Aerodactyl or not Aerodactyl. Yeah. Yeah, Aerodactyl. Look, what other Pokemon was a loser and just not a good Pokemon then that became something more than that. Like what other Nuzleaf, Nuzleaf because of Nuzlocke challenge. Yes. Um, but it's not say... on the list. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, but I'm saying that the, the, the fact that other Pokemon like that exist means that this isn't a, un, a unique situation. And I don't think you, and I don't think that it is the most represent one of of the story you're trying to argue deserves a spot because this is a group of people that 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 are not the pokemon community as a as a whole i still think Um, that twitch plays pokemon is the pokemon community i think that twitch plays pokemon was an important role for Pokemon. it was an important thing for pokemon and i think that i'm of the mind that anything that brings a lot of attention a lot of positive attention to something that i'm a fan of is generally a positive experience as long as it's not brought about in like malicious means it's it's a good thing i think that twitch plays pokemon was a great experience for a lot of people people that weren't necessarily interested in pokemon people that weren't that were gen oneers quote unquote and people that have been fans the entire time and regardless it was something that brought everybody an interest or or a renewed interest in the franchise through very unconventional means. And I think that that is an important thing to have for this franchise, especially for a franchise that has slowly over time grown a little bit staler for people who were big fans of it early on. And I think that, a lot of the, you know, the gimmicks and the jokes and whatever that came out of Pokemon Twitch Plays Pokemon were good experiences for everybody who who were experiencing them. They weren't just memes. They weren't just gimmicks. They were shared experiences that everybody got to celebrate over. And Omanyte was the epitome of those shared experiences and celebration. That being said, I've already said that I feel like Farfetch'd is a better choice of the two i mean i i don't want people to look at the list and go oh farfetch is on there because it's one of steve's favorite pokemon i think a ton of people like farfetch i lo- like everyone i know loves farfetch so it's, it's a pretty great, great pokemon. pokemon i i would I want i would rather I, have people look at the list and go ammonite is on there because of twitch plays pokemon and that twitch plays pokemon ha- was so incredibly important to just the pokemon community in a whole like it was one of the most important things to happen to the Pokemon community. So I would like to propose in what way? A, I mean uh, it was a 
I, I would and like that to propose a, a compromise, given that we've been going for like five hours. Um, <laughs> I feel the amount of discussion that we've had over Omanite gives it some amount of merit in that it is a hotly contested concept amongst ourselves um and you know recognizing that twitch plays pokemon was a, a huge event during its time and omanite is emblematic of of that period of time and also in my own personal interest i would really like to see farfetch on the final list i'd be willing to sacrifice my final two and allow those two to be on the list sure pokemon is 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 an important part of, part of Pokemon is that it's embroiled in controversy completely. So if we didn't have a controversial pick, then what would we be doing? Sure, put it on the <laughs> list. I hate it, and I think it's gross and disgusting that that our attempt to show that the the effect the Pokemon community has on a thing is a small subsection of it. But whatever, put it on. But Will's right. The fact that we're so divided on it makes it a pretty important thing. I think like, it, it and, was and it's probably not the most talked about itself. Pokemon on this it's not just omanite itself either it's the the entire idea of twitch plays pokemon and yeah, events yeah. like twitch plays pokemon and the effect that they have on the franchise and the community i mean i yeah, could sure i could have i could have picked lapras or nidoking or zapdos or pidgeot but those were all pretty well known compared to omanite and that was kind of the point i was trying to drive to You've already, you've already. Much like early on, you divided list. on your choice between an Omanite or a Kabuto. Ah, uh, uh, I mean, I would rather see Hydreigon on the list than Farfetch, but I, like I, I said, I would rather see Farfetched. Farfetch is cooler. Micah, and and you were the one that made the original attack on Hydreigon, so. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to really attack Volcarona because I didn't have a good argument of why, but. I, w I like Hydreigon way more than Volcarona. I like Hydreigon because of the trading card game. I like Hydreigon because it has three heads. I like Hydreigon because of its German naming scheme. Like, Hydreigon has a lot of things going for it. I think Hydreigon is a better pseudo-legendary than Tyranitar. I think it's a better pseudo-legendary than um, Garchomp. I, I have a lot of... I mean, there are things about Hydreigon that, on the surface, I don't really care that much about it one way or another, but I do also like a lot of what it's based on and what it's inspired by in the same way that I like what a lot of Aegislash is based on. But if it's a debate between either Hydreigon or Farfetch'd, I feel like Farfetch'd is more deserving of a top 10 slot. Not just because it it's something that is your, it's not a Pokemon that's your favorite Pokemon or one of your favorite Pokemon, but because of the impact that it's had on the podcast the interest that has grown in it from people who are followers of the podcast and because the majority of people who are familiar with Farfetch generally like it. Yeah, I think Farfetch is a is a Pokemon that tons and tons of people love. I think if you would have just stopped and said, I think Farfetch is a Pokemon, that would have been really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Farfetch is a Pokemon. Will, your call, you want Farfetch or do you want one of yours? Oh, I already, no, I already voted for Farfetch. All right. I sacrificed my children to the flames. <laughs> I want to point out that Will was so adamant about his list, yet at this point, he only got one on. Rest in peace, fire types. Is there any one on the list that we want to bring off 
besides obviously Ammonite could be debated for hours more? Or are we satisfied with the 10 we have? I think that these, uh, the ones on the list have been through the ringer of debate and discussion and We're deserve fine. their place. I agree. All right. We have for our listeners. I'll just write a long Scalia style dissenting opinion. About <laughs> nice. For our listeners, in no particular order, we have. I'll say something about jiggery pokery. <laughs> we have Vanillux, Golduck, Chandler, Halucha, Meowth, Gengar, Victini, Aegislash, Omanite, and Farfetch. The last part of this podcast is arranging them into a top 10. Oh no, are we, aren't we already... Oh god, we've been here so long. We can't do this. <laughs> Omanite must be number one. I, I'm supposed to... I Honorable mention, Shedinja. I just want to shout that out real quick before... Rest in peace. I think, you, I think organizing them will only take valiantly. 10 to 15 minutes. I think that's actually pretty easy. What is your proposed organization? Uh, what do you guys think is number one, I guess? And we go from there. Chandelier. I think that the fact that Chandelier is on here twice is enough to put it in the in the top slot. I would have said Gengar, but sure. No, Gengar's two. Really? You would put Gengar that high? Yes. Oh, yeah. What? I don't agree to that. Um, well, I mean, I would obviously want Vanillux to be number one, but I know that's I not would, I would put Vanillux <laughs> way higher than Gengar. I would, too. I, I mean, I think because Chandler was on the list twice and that Will was Will said that he forgot to put it on his list, I, I would say that's number one. Sure. Yep. But I would I don't know. I don't I, I still am not adamant on Gengar. Oh, I wasn't adamant about it either, but I but I thought that that was going to be the softball that we would all agree upon and I turned out to be wrong. I would put like, like I thought it was going to be a safe pick, but <laughs> apparently not. I mean, I can argue my uh, why it's my favorite Pokemon, but I don't think that we. I pretty much already did that. I I I would. I don't think that's going to benefit any of us in any way. I would I would put Halucha. I would put Vanillax. I would put Victini. I would put Omanite. I would put Golduck. I will recede Gengar to the third slot if Vanillax makes it to the second spot. Second slot. I would love for Vanillix to be number two. That would make my a that would that would make staying up until past my bedtime worth it. I think. I mean, Vanillix is <laughs> the first the Pokemon we bolded. Deserves, right, and the reason that it deserves a slot is because of a lot of the arguments that we made in in defense of the. It's it's ironic too because a lot of the arguments that we made for Vanillix Vanillix were in. Uh, opposition to the like Gen One or arguments, but we wound up with like half of the list is Gen One Pokemon. <laughs> yep. Will you go with Vanillax being number two? Yeah, that's fine. Not not like I'm going to be able to win any debates on that one. Uh I think I don't know. I'm just talking out loud here to move this conversation along. But number, th- I like Victini. Or no, I think Gengar didn't. Micah, you said you you were gonna do that. To- to, to I would receive give Gengar number three. Second slot to give Gengar a third slot. <sighs> I guess. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Gengar's yeah, going to come there. All right. Absolutely. Victini number four, I think. I like Victini at number four. It was Will's only pick. Micah, you good with Victini at four? Yeah, I can agree with that. <sighs> I, I, uh, I think Golduck was an easy pick for everyone. 
I think yeah, Golduck's good. Palucha, yeah, I think so too. Golduck, I would, I would, I think Golduck, Golduck and then Palucha. Palucha. Yeah, right. Uh, what do we have left here? We have Meowth. We have, we have Aegislash. We have Omanite. We have Farfetch. Um, I would have Farfetch next. Yeah, you guys want Farfetch that high? I'm gonna. I, I say... love Farfetch. I'm I, in breaking order. I'm gonna say that we put Omanite at ten, just because it was such a controversial controversial pick. I agree with that. Yep. And Farfetch uh, after Halucha. Yeah. I think Three birds in a row. I think that Aegislash. Meowth. A, yeah, Meowth and Aegislash because Aegislash barely made the cut. I would agree yep. with that. All right, we have our list. So for our listeners following along, uh, who would have guessed this podcast would be almost four hours long? <laughs> Gosh. We have... Very heated. From number 10 up, Omanite, Aegislash, Meow, Farfetch, Halucha, Golduck. You have three birds in a row here. Victini, Gengar, Vanillux, and Chandelure is its super effective top 10 Pokemon from generations 1 through generation 6. And none of this will matter when generation 7 comes out. Got because all right. 10 of them will be Mimikyu. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, what an episode. The fact, that I, the fact that I'm happy about 7 out of 10 of them is a good sign, I think. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty happy with this list. What about you guys? I feel good about it. I mean, I, 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 there are a couple that I don't really care about that much, but on the whole, I like what wound up on here. I mean, really, aside from Victini, I guess the, the everything else, I, I have an interest in. All right. Well, that's that. Will you feeling good? Nope. All right. Good. Completely disagree <laughs> with everything. <laughs> that's exactly what we expect out of you. Uh, perfect. This has gone exactly as planned. Travis, where can our listeners find you? Uh, Twitter.com slash the Travis W. Will? Uh, wash in the sink. Micah? You can find me on Twitter at Micah the Brave, and you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Micah the Brave. Awesome. Which I canceled tonight so that we could do this. <laughs> well, I told you we'd be done by 8. It is now I know. 10 o'clock. I had the foresight to cancel it in advance because I figured it would go a lot longer than 8 o'clock. I really didn't think it'd go this long. You can follow me on Twitter at Dragging a Lake. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Pokemon Podcast. If Kickstarter backers are okay with this going out to more people, I will make it happen. But technically, this is only exclusive for their ears. And uh, we'll probably do something like this in the future. Maybe we'll just stick to one generation or something. I don't know. We'll find out. I had a lot of fun doing this, though. Same. It was a good time. It was really cool to actually be angry over the Omanite thing for a very long time. <laughs> we learned a lot about each other. And I, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it was cool that we could properly defend Pokemon in a great conversation. Like, it wasn't just because, oh, Golduck's cool because he's blue. It was because of this, which I think is really cool. I would just like to point out on a closing note that everybody doubted my picks immediately going in including myself the list and i walked out with four on <laughs> uh all right cool well uh keep listening to the pokemon podcast because we are 
super effective. Super effective. Super up past our bedtime. 